What, uh, what is your opinion of the guy on the TV right now? You need a three-quarter helmet at least. The yeah. half helmet is horrible. Yeah. Welcome to the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast for the week of January 1st through the 5th, 2018. I should have just said for the first week of January 2018. <laughs> I'll accept that. <laughs> Welcome to, do you know what episode this is? 106. Absolutely. This is episode 106. That's uh, how old I turned uh, six years ago, seven years ago. Uh, and this is Creative Writing. like R6 or whatever I can find that look good that have like two bolts and then I'll just laser cut two little brackets and weld to the frame and then have <laughs> aluminum rear sets. And then if something breaks, it's like, oh, wait, R6 rear sets. Yeah. So we're talking about something that we are looking at on TV right now, which is uh, Lunatic with his SR500 and uh, how hipster it is. We make the mistake, we've done it before with with uh, Skeeter Hornacek here when we were watching watching TV <laughs> while we were podcasting. And it's cool. It's cool to see some rad stuff on TV, but then when you see something that annoys you, like that guy, like the bike's pretty cool, but that yeah. guy, that guy, we just get so it's distracted. so hard. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> yeah. We get so distracted. We It's like I want to... I, I want to talk so much crap about how hipster he is, but it's all right. You know, this is back when there was the hipster bingo, and I first heard that term on Cleveland Moto, and they were just laughing about all the ads when, I'm going to say circa 2012, when the cafe racers were peaking and like the new Bolt was coming out in 13 and the new, uh, God, the Sportster, I want to say... like the 883 or something was oh, getting... the Iron 883 yeah. was It was already out. It. it was already out, but yeah, it was getting like super... Like the, the marketing for it was getting like way more uh, focused toward young people. And yeah, they were like, let's play hipster bingo with these ads that come on. Flannel, so he's definitely got <laughs> flannel. Half helmet. I don't like, know if even a half helmet is that hipster though. No, but you know, they were showing like the pudding bowl helmet, like oh, the cafe yeah. racer, but also the like the built well gringo style ones, you know, yeah. you talk about like the three quarter like glitter helmets and stuff. The vinyl collection in the interview. <laughs> the non branded leather boots, let's just say like broken home style boots, but yeah. like totally cuffed pant legs and the facial hair. Like that's when the beard really started to show up. And I think the distinguished gentleman's ride happened like shortly thereafter. You know what I'm saying? So it's really it was really funny to hear them talking about this hipster bingo. And you could have done it. Like I was looking at some ads. The bike's really not that bad. No, the bike's pretty cool. And it's, it's pretty dude. simple. The the gas tank's got a little bit of slant, but honestly, that's like you better know what you're doing if you're gonna cut up a gas tank. Yeah, and mostly it's the frames on those things. They kind of they didn't yeah. have the featherbed frame like a Norton, like that. Yeah, they were more of a cruiser style geometry on a lot of them. Yeah, for sure. And they they were they were like raked, and and that's why on those ones you really had to set them up. If yeah. you wanted a cafe racer, you really had to set it up. Like it was, it's not like kind of how we were talking about for the build. 
it wasn't halfway there. You yeah. had to make those. So the the SR five hundreds do get turned into Kaffir racers quite a bit, mm-hmm. and um, the four hundreds are raced. I think in Japan they do vintage races with them and stuff. But it's the company that does the four hundred. The new 400, is it an SR? Mm-hmm. They do like a little cafe racer kit. I yeah. don't remember the name of them. Some with an R? Oh, there's a company called Wrench Monkeys out of like Sweden or something. Oh, it's closer than that. I want to say it might even be Southern California. Hmm. It and makes like, SR 400 kits? Yeah, I think so. Oh, Rika. Rika. For yeah. the, that's for the Suzuki Savage. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They have full on kits where you cut. Actually, you cut part of the frame because, or not the frame, the tank because the um, the instrument cluster sits in there. So only part of the tank's really the tank, and they make a full-on kit where you cut off the back. And they started out. It's so funny because I met Mark um, Dugali. I want to say two thousand seven or eight at the IM, at IMS, and I interviewed him a while ago because he customizes bikes. Same year I met those dudes, total stony bros, too. Like, they were, like, straight out of shop class, and I was like, what's up? And they are like, hey, man, like, we're down in Long Beach or something like that. And they were like, we're making these, and it was Cafe Racer Kits. They were actually on Jay Leno's garage, and they kind of made it big just for that. You buy a you buy a used Savage for, like, two grand, yeah. and then their kit is about two grand. And they've gone from Cafe Racer. Also, now they do a Scrambler kit, mm-hmm. and then they do one one other. But Rika, yeah, those those guys. But um, hey, speaking of uh, seeing like a ton of SR five hundreds in one spot and one SR two fifty that just blew my mind. <laughs> um, what did you do this weekend, speaking man? Too. Yes, and speaking of guys who like cars and motorcycles, yeah, we did the was it Ride to the Roses? Is that what it's called? The Run for the Roses. Run for the Roses. Well, Run for the Roses. Yeah. Rose Ride. The Rose Ride, bros. Is what my pen says. Is that what it says? For the Southern, I'm guessing it's Southern California Norton Owners Club. Yeah. And Does it, it says, say the, the uh, SCNOC? Yep. <laughs> the Skanock. Yeah. <laughs> the Skanock Rose Ride. It was actually beautiful weather. And I was like, I was pretty impressed, one, with the number of people that showed up. I'm not sure all of them actually went all the way to... Uh, to Newcombs. To Newcombs, though. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the Excelsior, I didn't, don't think he made it. <laughs> <laughs> that that bike was so cool because it's grandfathered in that it doesn't need a headlight. It doesn't need anything but... Like, like, your bike might be old enough. Like, some old CBs are old enough. You don't have to have it on. But that bike is old enough. It doesn't even have to have one. Or brake lights or turn signals or maybe even brakes. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you did put a headlight on it, if it was period correct, would it be a lamp? You like actually had to light? Yeah. Uh, what were those called? Those I forget what type of uh, gas they used in there, but it was a it was a gas headlamp, and I forget mm-hmm. what type of gas they used in those. Bike was super clean though. Yeah, it was pretty cool. You but are the, you are very correct though. Uh, and I believe Excelsior was owned by the Schwinn bicycle family. It's possible. I you know what? I really wasn't into motorcycles when those things came out, <laughs> even though I was around. <laughs> Uh, I was just like, oh, look at those kids on those two wheeled things, and you know, I, I had ox to tend to. But I do, uh, I, I know that most bicycle companies 
yeah. you know, made the transition well, to motorcycles. Really, when they started, it was meant to be motorized bicycles. Like that's even how Harley Davidson got into it. Like yeah. was the motorcycle motorized bicycle scene. I mean, that's that was yeah. kind of the evolution of it to start. So, but the, it was cool to see like. Even if the dude rode it a few blocks, like it was so cool to see it out there. Yeah, he showed up on it, so something happened. You know, he, his plates were so so historic that they didn't even expire. Yeah, they were just that's like, true. You there know was like no tags or anything on it. it was Your bike was built before the state of California was founded, so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is actually we we're you know before before America uh, long. After America was a country, California still was Mexico at that point. So yeah. <laughs> when Excelsior started, so but uh, I thought the mix of bikes was super cool. There was some of the Cretans came out and their little cafe racers. Um, and you didn't want to ride the Dyna, but I, I think I there I was there was only a couple Harleys. I know, but I don't know if I mentioned, but it would have been totally cool. Like nobody's yeah. judgmental. That's what I love about that. Thing. Yeah, for sure. Cares. There was a couple Harleys. There was a couple Buells, which I'm always stoked to see. Oh man. Um, yeah, there was an XB Nine R Fire Bolt. Just a f- Firebolt. Yeah, Firebolt, I think. And I almost said Fireblade, and I was like, no, that's the. I don't know if it was European uh, Honda. Were those technically the R's? <laughs> Uh, it was no, an XB9R. Yeah, because yeah, they had an RR yeah. that was rare. And then it, then one of the XB12, I forget what it was. The, I think it was the CG, which stood for center of gravity, and they had the diff- they had the pipe a little bit under, and they had a shorter swing arm than the... And my buddy Juan has one of those. It's shorter. The whole bike's shorter. Yeah. Like every, shorter wheelbase, shorter... Yeah. The swing arm, you don't notice it, but then when you're looking at the specs, it's like, yeah. oh, wow, yeah. They made and the like, CG like a little uh, bit. It, the CG, it's funny because you, you you wouldn't know it unless you actually looked at the model literature, but yeah. they had the XB12L, which was a longer wheelbase, the XB12 like S and this and that. And I wonder the why they do that. Like, I don't think Buell sold high enough numbers. Like, obviously Harley shut them down because they wanted them to sell better. Well, part of it, but... I don't think they sold enough of them to be like, yeah, let's make four different frames that all look exactly the same. And yeah. the whole like short guy on a short bike thing, all I'm going to say is look up a picture of Ricky Carmichael on a start line. Like, I don't get it. Like, I get that people want to be flat foot at a stoplight, but lower your bike then. Like, you change so much about the bike by raising and lowering it, you need to know what you're doing. And this coming from a guy like most of my bikes, the ride height is changed. Yeah. But it's usually to improve something, not to yeah, make it worse. Yeah, the CG, he, it said it literally stood for center of gravity. And mm-hmm. even the stu- even some of the, um, I forget exactly what it was, besides the the exhaust was um, even more centralized than the regular XB12s, or neck, hmm. which is so weird. They were under the bike anyway. That's what I'm saying. And it was so weird that it had something else um, down in there and like it moved the battery or something. It moved huh. every, it got everything as close to this literal center of gravity. Yeah. And so the XB12 CG, but yeah, they're funny. And that was, that one came primarily in orange. And the one we saw was orange. And that's why I think it was a CG. The clear one was the CG? Yeah. The one okay. with the orange. Like, and that's the other thing is that I always just I think. I don't know what Claire Wands one is, but. Yeah. I used to think it would be cool to have a Buell and just like look down at the, you know, the (laughs) the throttle butterflies opening as you're riding. But that one had like a, like a little airbox cover. You didn't have all the stuff taken out. But yeah, the other ones were fared and, and I loved the Buells that had the two headlights. You know, I just thought those looked so cool. Regular XBs. The regular XBs. But the Fireball I thought had a cooler tail section. It had more plastic on the tail. Yeah. At least when I was younger, it would, I always wanted to do that tail with the, the more naked front end. Yeah. But even the Firebolt had 
it was a small fairing. Yeah. It wasn't much of one. Yeah, they were the firebolts were like the fared sport yeah. bikes and like the XBs were the like naked street fighters yeah. style. They had some of them even had like little beaks, like well the Yuli did because it was an ADV bike, but yeah. even the regular ones had like these weird little like some of them abrupt did abrupt fronts and stuff. Yeah. They were pretty cool. They towards the end there they had like a lot of models. Mm-hmm. And it was I think it's cool the Buell did like an ADV, but Jeez, he man. also did the XBTT, which was mm-hmm. uh, had a front fender and like number plates on it, but it was basically an XB12 or yeah. I think it was XB12 for like. But it's crazy to like I say like oh Buell's kind of heavy, like the Ulysses would be heavy, but a lot of those ADV bikes are 450 pounds, and Buells aren't yeah. really like they're four, around four. They're not that heavy, like yeah. Chuck from the Wheel Nerds had one, and he took it into a valley and couldn't get out of the valley because it was so heavy. He burned up the clutch and then had to sit in the middle of the valley until somebody got <laughs> brought him some parts. I think he did a clutch swap in down oh, in wow. the valley or something. I don't know, um, or waited for somebody to come pull him out. Yeah. But it, it was heavy enough where he couldn't get out of. Uh, lots, uh, lots of cool Ducatis showed up for the ride though. Um, that from sweet S two R was oh, there. Yeah, dude, there was this rad S. R that had Chucho on it. I don't yeah. know. Like I was like, what's Chucho? Did you see too? So I started to take them off. I so I, I went from clip-ons to the regular bars for the ride. And you know, for the street it was fun. For the canyons, I still feel more comfortable with clip-ons, which I think is weird. I don't know. I, I felt I didn't trust the front end, hmm. even though the last time I wrote last few times I wrote have been on a track. Like I know it's gonna stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just felt weird. Just yeah. It, but I, mean, I left the on the forks the clip-on clamps are still there <laughs> because i'm like <laughs> one i can just pull the, the bar part out and i'm like i started to pull the clamp off and i'm like oh man these other screws are hard to get to and then i'm like wait a minute then i have to try and get them even and back where they were i'm like you know what if i leave the clamp and just slide the bar out yeah then i can put them right back in where they go when we were in the garage you spend all that time adjusting them and getting them yeah. straight too it's like why yeah why yeah do so that? i just left it and you don't even see them like yeah I would have, even if they didn't unclip, I would have just left the clip ons. Just and leave then, the like, bars. And then this. <laughs> and just, if I, just, I could run two throttle try. cables yeah. and two clutch cables, I, I could seen, just switch. I've seen some stunters that have like five levers up front. <laughs> they have like a clutch on each side and a front and rear brake on each side. So mm-hmm. I'm sure you could have put a double throttle, one down below and one up <laughs> yeah, high. Right. Right. But um, uh, yeah, what did you. I. I'm with you. I thought the turnout was really good. And even the year, I didn't go last year, but like the year before. I feel like the, like the weather probably helped. It, it was, was beautiful. Oh my God, it was so great. It was like, you were hot. We were, everybody yeah, was seeking wore, shade when we got up there. I wore a full face helmet, an Icon full leather jacket, some Icon pants, and a hoodie under my jacket. And then like t-shirt. But uh, I think you wore like pants under your pants. Like, I had PJs on under yeah. my pants. But I didn't even have that. All I had was a sweatshirt. And yeah. it, like while we were riding, I wasn't bad. But then when we stopped, I was hot. Yeah. Yeah. When we were riding, I'm sure I would have been cold if I didn't have those yeah. little flannel PJs on underneath. I had lingerie on underneath. But you know, Nitrous Chris, are you listening? <laughs> we wore sweatshirts and we were hot. <laughs> yeah. And it was like 60 <laughs> on December 31st. <laughs> Uh, Riding motorcycles. I I gotta say, the last time I went, it was twenty. Well, it was thirty. I kept saying twenty three. I was wrong about that. It was thirty thirty three at the top, and and like up at Newcomb, we didn't make it to Newcombs because there was snow and ice on the road. Yeah, they were talking about a few years ago, like ice and people crashing because yeah. it was black ice. You yeah. couldn't see it. Yeah, that but was, it the was year, a, that was the year before last. Cause I, didn't, I didn't go last year. 
and I, I think it was kind of warm last year. Yeah. But we just, you know, the last couple of years, you don't know. It was sixty. It would be like sixty down here, and then up there freezing. Yeah. So it was like fifty down here and sixty up there. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. <laughs> it was actually warmer up there than it was was down here. So it was surprising turnout, and I, I agreed that the the turnout was probably because of that. But even that one year when it was freezing at the top, there was still a hell of a lot. There was at least like eighty people that showed up, and I'd say it. There was like. We took a up hundred, almost both sides of a street, like an yeah. entire city block long of motorcycles. Yeah. Um, I took some uh, like pictures and put them on Instagram, but that wasn't everybody. That was yeah. like when we, we first got there. That wasn't yeah. everybody that showed up. So, so and it was cool. I don't know what was going on, but the old cars that were driving oh, down dude, Colorado so to Pasadena, rad. like just I don't know if people were just cruising on Sunday morning yeah. or what. Well, but. it's the day. It's the day before the Rose Parade, and I used to live on the street that they like sneak the floats out of and yeah all day like for about five well not five but three days before the parade starts people are camping on the streets like oh, to man. get a spot when i came home sunday like i'm there's people out like playing frisbee yeah and there's a bunch of firewood yeah. like people were ready to spend the night yeah. and the median like right on sierra madre boulevard in yeah. pasadena like yeah. and that's how it is because because they block off which traffic. would be kind of fun i think well, you know those Pop a tent and- those businesses. Like, remember when we were driving down the street? There was that yeah. car stereo business or whatever. In the past, they had a huge smoker and the, and a couple pop ups, and they were doing bonfire all night the night before oh, and full on party. People partying on the street and because it looked they like the streets off after like eight or something. Yeah, like that. some of the places I saw like car garages and stuff, like they had their lot totally fenced off, like yeah. you couldn't get in. I would think they could charge people though, like. You could buy tickets ahead of time. My wife said, lucky we didn't go because it's about a two-mile walk down to the school and then uphill coming home. That would have sucked. Both ways. Yeah, because I'm fat and I don't like to walk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she said to get into Pasadena High School to see the floats up close was $17 a person for adults. 17 And if you – there was a tram from somewhere or like a – bus and it was like 70 bucks 70 dollars she said i don't know where that parked at though i heard him say like 50 dollars, and i was amazed they were saying it like after the parade because we we used to live on that street yeah so we would just walk down uh i don't know it wasn't even three quarters of a mile from our house and it was only i want to say it was like 15 bucks to get in. Yeah. But God, 70 or whatever to get in per person, I bet and that, it was. Yeah, I think that was like you parked miles away and there was a bus that took you there and everything. Um, when I was coming over here tonight in downtown Sierra Madre, they had one of the floats. I think Sierra Madre does a float. So that one was there. There's kids and little security. And it was it was cool though to see that, you know, the local community was involved. Obviously, it's a big deal. I mean, they... They had how many miles of Colorado like fenced off? Yeah, Pasadena spends a bunch of money on that thing. You have to, okay. Colorado is old Route sixty six, so it goes from one end of Pasadena to the other, one end of Pasadena to Chicago or something like yeah. that. And so, of course, it goes through like all of L A. and it goes from Colorado all the way over by the Rose Bowl and goes east until Sierra Madre. And so that's and I think that's it, like a few miles. And it, I don't know whether it gets off of. I think Colorado actually keeps going, um, but I know Old Route sixty six was maybe partially Sierra Madre Boulevard and then Firestone Boulevard. I think and Foothill, Foothill. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. It goes up to Foothill because Foothill jogs down and hits yeah. where Colorado should be. Yeah. So okay, so it's a couple, a few miles, and that's all gets fenced off. Like they set up 
like stadium seating. Like oh. they set up bleachers a few months in, in like advance. random parking lots. There's like <laughs> yeah. these bleachers, and they are probably packed. Like talk, you, you'll see Taco Bell, and of course it's closed on that day because. Yeah. That day, their park, what used to be Taco Bell parking lot, is a huge bleacher section. Yeah. And church parking lots or lo- like a funeral that home one lawns. church. I wonder, like, does the city pay that church or like, I, or yeah, does the church question. set them up and then when people buy tickets, it pays them? Yeah. Like, I know exactly what church you're talking about because, like, that Spencer old, and Heidi from some reality show got married there a few years ago. And it's like, I the could see big, that. It was a fancy looking church. Yeah. It's a really big, seven bells or whatever the hell it's called. I don't know what it is, but it's right. It's like a huge church on Colorado and that whole front of it gets like turned oh, yeah. into bleachers. The whole front lawn <laughs> was bleachers. It was insane. The but, amount of, the amount of trash that must be left after that. Oh yeah. Is Cause crazy. humans are gross. Yeah. But the I, funny part is, you know, the people that go to the parade are all liberals and they're all <laughs> not that like that in itself is a bad thing, but, and I mean, I recycle and stuff too, right? <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you know, it's these people that are like, I'm going to drive a Prius and I'm going to recycle. And then there's trash everywhere. Like, I guarantee <laughs> there's trash everywhere. Yeah. It's, I didn't see it afterwards, but and for like, people all, are horrible. Yeah. And for all of you here or that aren't here, most of our gutters say don't dump because it'll show a picture of a dolphin. All this shit yeah, goes, goes out to, to the, the ocean. ocean. And I guarantee there's like cigarette, I mean, there's dolphins out there with like cigarette butts in their blowholes <laughs> and like, you know, Gatorade yeah. bottles stuck yeah, in their right. teeth and stuff after the Rose Parade. But, but it's cool. Like I've personally never seen a parade and this is one of the two biggest parades in the country. I bet, I bet Macy's Thanksgiving yeah. day and this, yeah, like the Rose Parade. Like yeah. I don't know which one's actually bigger, but I can't think of any other that rival those two. Yeah. I want to say Macy's is only like a half an hour long and there's only like seven floats in it. And this one has like 30 something floats and it's like eight hours long. We get a stealth bomber to fly over. Like, Oh wow. Yeah. It flies right over our house too. Stuck at New York. It follows Colorado and Colorado. Oh, cool. Boulevard is 83 miles away from here. (laughs) (laughs) But we can hear the stealth bomber. Yeah, we can hear it. It's not very stealthy. It's not like a V8 ripping through the sky. Right. But, uh, I think it's fun. Like I used to love the New Year's ride because I would r- cruise down Colorado on the way to the freeway, checking out like all the idiots like that I knew had stayed on the, you know, had been camping out on the street for like five days, freezing their butts off. Everyone kind of left in waves, I think, for the ride, which was in a way kind of a bummer. I'd like to see some more like organization with that. Yeah. But well, you, I, I kind of get it too. You got to figure too that... Uh, Half of the bikes weren't starting. Remember, there was a couple bikes on the sidewalk <laughs> yeah, right. like, getting a repair. I'm luckily Spamela decided to start because I had I threw a battery charger on it that morning. Well, and once we hit, uh, I had to go get a battery on Saturday. My battery was fading, and then my fuel pump plug was <laughs> faulty. Yeah, it was like wet. I was waiting on it to catch fire. Uh, I wonder if I have that covered on insurance. I have to check. <laughs> But <laughs> I'm always waiting for my bike to catch fire, especially I, when I'm on it. I heard there's a couple assholes, a BMW R1200S and this Ducati Monster just like flying past people, ripping up the canyon. Yeah. And I heard that there was a, another asshole ripping past people on a 250 trying to catch up to those guys. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, just, I have to say, like, 
going down like you were ripping pretty good on that 250. for a 250 it, I, I mean I it was could. funny because we'd hit the little uphills and like i'd like roll off the throttle and i'd be catching you and you're like putting an arm back like come on come on, come on. you see me whipping it trying to get it to go faster something's wrong with the i swear something's wrong with the carb it'll only do 80 like it tops out at 80 full throttle i don't think that's the carb i think that's the uh cc's, <laughs> the CC's. i think it's limited the, by 250 cc's yeah, and the coefficient of friction yeah and the fact that i'm 742 pounds right and it's not a CRF 250. It's an old SR. It's a, it's a, I mean, God, it's a 1980. So it's, it's but I, I have to, it's a like, classic bike. You're doing impressive stuff on it. Um, hey, for a dude, my front tire is cupped like crazy and I could feel it in some of those turns. <laughs> and it's I, always good when you lean over and you can feel the cupping yeah. of the front tire. You it makes me? you feel safe. Could, did you see me? Like, there was, was a I couple moving? times I saw the bike get squirrely and yeah. I was like, oh, easy, yeah. easy. It's, I could, I could feel it like oscillating. And I was like, God dang. And I think it happened over this summer when I was doing the motorcycle challenge because I rode like 1,500 miles in a week and I checked the checked everything yeah. but then just riding I probably it probably was going getting low and I aired it up later and just 1500 miles of riding an underinflated tire probably cupped it it'll do it pretty quick yeah and, and I, I was feeling it the night before going oh this feels like a Pringle chip like this is not good but it was right in the center so I figured in the corners it should be good but still those tires are like crayons like yeah when we were riding the last time anytime I unload the back even a little bit it'll squeal because there's like it's like so hard. It's like for putting miles on and not for like gripping. So it, it just squeals even if I like lean forward a little bit on it. So yeah. it's, it, they're bad. And, and I was, you know, I do what I do, what I can on it. But yeah, I knew I was like, I was like, I'm hoping not holding him up. <laughs> no, you were doing good. I, I was actually pretty impressed. For, um, for a squirrely shitty 250 on Kenda <laughs> bicycle tires, basically. But uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a really fun. It was really fun, and we saw all sorts of Nortons up there. Like, or I'm sorry, yeah, basically every bike was a Norton that we saw up there. <laughs> yeah, there was right. a, a, a if you com- guys watch the video of our commentary, we <laughs> yeah. saw quite a few Nortons. Yeah, everything was a Norton. Right as we were leaving, um, some chump named Jay Leno showed up in a Porsche. <laughs> you were like, "Hey, look at that Porsche!" And I was like, "Oh no!" Shit, I was like, the- "Look who's in the Porsche!" Yeah, and I thought you were pointing at the Porsche, and, I and was then like- there were people like talking to him, and I wanted to be like. The dude wants to park his car. He looked annoyed. I was like, dude, he's trying to park. (laughs) The thing is, like, he did look annoyed, but I'll say this. Like, I've seen him up there twice, and I've seen him at the rock store another time. And that dude will stop and sign autographs and talk to people. And he knows what he's going to get. Yeah, like I think when he was pulling up, he saw all the bikes and was like, "Yeah," because when he was well, and he in, tried to like pull in for a parking spot, and he's like looking, and there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. there was no more car spots. Like the place was packed. Bikes commandeered. If your car wasn't already there, then you couldn't pull in oh, after because bikes took it over. Those AC Cobras were just not even yeah. in the spot. They just yeah. kind of parked down wherever they could. But it, I mean, yeah, the dude, I he has to be very nice or he would get it. And you know, everything I've ever heard he's, and I've been there when he's like talking to people, he's, you know, I I want to leave him alone. I want to leave him alone. Cause I'm like, the dude's trying to come out and drive his car, ride his motorcycle. Like last time he was up there in a H2R, the new one. But uh, on a motorcycle, he was. Yeah, I was so hoping he would be on a, when you, when you, when I recognized who it was, I was like, Oh dang, I wish he would have been on a motorcycle. Like, He could have been on our show if he was on a motorcycle, but since <laughs> not he not interviewing him because he's yeah, in a car. Since he wasn't, instead we talked to that dude at the Rad Bosasoku bike. Uh, I and, hope he uh, emails when we get yeah. to interview him. That bike was sick. Yeah. So yeah, come to find out there's a lot of rad uh 
stuff up there, but really only one crazy custom bike. I I saw a couple bikes that were cafeed out generically, but that was the only legit like custom yeah. crazy bike we saw up there. What I really liked about it is like four people knew what it was, and everyone else hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's a pretty good job on a Bosu bike. Yeah. I had no idea and what the horn that was on it, oh, too. Dude, like, it played the Godfathers. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. And then as he's playing that, as he's cruising down the free yeah. way, I was like, yeah. it was pretty badass. Yeah. It was, it was pretty legit build. I like how he didn't want to get in trouble. So the baseball bat was like, you couldn't get it off. Like you had yeah. to like unscrew it. He had that secured in the way a cop has their shotgun secured on a you know on a CHP bike. Yeah, but they much. can get it off. They got like a quick release. He but had. You would have had to unscrew yeah. it with the tools. So I had no idea what the king and queen seats were for on the Bozu bikes. I always saw them, but yeah, you told me it was so they could have a sword or a bat, and I was yeah. thinking of Akira, like when they're dragging pipes and stuff. Yeah, and from and then, what I understand, it's so their passenger because they're like a right. gang. So yeah. and they'll ride like two up dudes nuts to butts no problem all the time oh, yeah so from what i understand it's for the passenger to have like a baseball bat or a sword on the back seat like so that's kind of and, and then when and i saw scary. that i was like chris i believe your information is and then that correct. dude had a bat like attached <laughs> it was pretty cool oh, and that bat was chrome like it was, it, was cr- it had to match the bike bat i've ever seen it was like so beautifully <laughs> polished and everything so that was the raddest bike I think I saw there besides that Ducati that was all sparkly silver. That one just sounded so yeah. good. I don't even know what that is. It sounded like an XR to me, but it's a 90 degree V twin. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know because in the past I'd seen like Ducati, um, the Diana, which was like the 125 mm-hmm. little, that you say Ducati Mechanica, like on the yeah. side and they had, uh, they were singles, you know what I mean? They were like tiny bikes from the 60s or something, and it was the Diana and something else. And I'd see a ton of those up there. You used to see like a ton of Air Mockies, like I'd say it said Harley. Like, you know, you might go up on like a club day for those guys. There yeah. might be a bunch of them. But. Yeah. I, I would say, God, everything. I'm, I touch, I know. It makes noise. I don't uh, want to pick up the beer every time I set it yeah. down. It's like, ding. Uh, if we go to the Hanson Dam ride, which happens around in September, it's the same group. It's a vintage. It's like the British club, though. So all the Brit bikes come out. Like there's a ton of Triumphs. So I like, really need to take my CB400. Yeah, <laughs> but there's guys like that. Like I saw a dude with the oh god, like a CL125 that had a sidecar that he had special ordered from like Taiwan. Mm. So it had like it was totally like crazy like. Tuck Tuck style looking oh, wow. styling on it, you know, it was rad. And then you'll see guys up there with like, I took some pictures and I have it on um, our, I think I have them on the website of a dude that had like a purple Triumph with the purple and orange box sidecar. It was so weird and it had huh. like big pumpkin decorations on it, but it looks like a freaking service, like a service car, like an ice cream truck or something like that. Hmm. Triumph. So you wouldn't put a person in it. It like had tools on it. It was like something. enclosed, yeah. Crazy. And then you'll see like the Buell XR1200 race team, like the Cretans racer, like they have like five XR1200s and then you'll see a ton of flat track or street track and then you'll see a bunch of cafe, bunch of Royal Enfield GT, you know, like the... Mm-hmm. The GT Continental GTs, you'll just see everything, and half of the guys from the Norton's Club is probably there. So you, it's a lot of those same bikes, but then just imagine a whole bunch, you know, a whole Your bunch more. Stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I really liked it, and it was fun. And like you said, dude, sixty degree weather on New Year's Day. It was beautiful. <laughs> 
I don't want to brag, but I know everybody else is like, it's bummed out. When we I want to move out of California, but that's hard, man. That'd be so hard to get away from. This is why it's so expensive. This is, this is the tax we pay for. This is part of why. Having, right, year-round riding. And they have year-round riding in Florida, but it's also in like 90% humidity with like 100%. De- and the roads degree. are like straight with a 90-degree corner. They're yeah. horrible. There's no canyon. There's no... Steve from the Cafe Racer podcast always talks about just the slabs. That's all there is. There's no yeah. hills. There's nothing. Indiana just- was pretty similar. Yeah. So I had a lot of fun on that. And if you guys were out there... Send us your pictures. Let us know if you saw us. Uh, and uh, lots of feedback from from the Hooligan Jesus clip. A lot of people like it, including Aussie Chris. Who Did you I, post the, the, yeah. on the Instagrams? I posted it on the Facebook. Oh, okay. And Aussie Chris liked it. And I didn't, I was just thinking about him. And I was like, oh, that guy, haven't heard from him in a long time. And I was just looking at his pictures online. And then when he, I saw he liked your hooligan Jesus thing. And I was like, yes, because Aussie Chris kind of looks like you, but with uh, shorter hair. So (laughs) I realized I saw a picture on the fridge. I did not cut my hair for the complete year of 2016 or 2017. Rad. Neither have I. I have a couple split ends I might need to get rid of, but I might keep them. <laughs> My kids keep pulling it out, though, so it, like <laughs> I, I keep lo- it. You, it looks like I cut it is because they pull out all the good stuff. They've they've left this uh, rat nest that's left on top of my head. All right, everybody, we're going to step away for a brief moment, get away from all the Rose Parade talk and the ride talk, and I want to talk about crashing. Luckily, I didn't crash on the ride, but we've all had a crash. Did somebody crash your holiday dreams? Did you not get what you wanted this year as a gift? Well, guess what? Daily Bikers right now has some exclusive notebooks just like the one that I use to take notes for the show. One features a BMW S1000RR and the other one features a Suzuki GSX-R1000 and then there's the classic Fat Boy one, which is the one I have. They're coming in white pages. I have the ones with like a yellow tint so it doesn't hurt my eyes when I'm writing in it, not writing. And uh, you know what? Go ahead and go scoop one up because they're limited to 50. And if I haven't got one for you by the Solstice Slam, I'll know because they'll be sold out. So I need to get my buns on there and uh, get a couple for you guys. Um, And speaking of crashes, I'm going to let Dan talk about a crash that he had a while back. It's like talking crash stories. I have one that sticks in my head because it was one of those stupid ass moments which should never have happened. But every year on Australia Day, which is the 26th of January here in Australia, me and about 10 other mates take off and head for the Snowy Mountains, which is, you know, it's a legendary piece of road with amazing twisties and mountains and blacktops and you name it. But for some reason... That particular time and that particular year when we went up there, it decided to piss down with rain and it was wet and it was cold. I was wearing a mesh jacket, so I was hypothermic. I think I just completely lost all functionality and capability to ride. And as we came up to an intersection after about four hours of riding in this shit weather, I turned to the right to look at the oncoming traffic and just washed out the front and went sliding down the road on this brand new hypermotard. Evo SP. I just scratched the living shit out of it and couldn't believe myself. It was nuts. (laughs) 
So listen, luckily Dan's lighthearted enough to laugh off his crash, but I would be extremely upset if somebody didn't get me something from Daily Bikers. Check them out now. Like I say all the time, they've got gift cards, stickers, notebooks, coloring books, anything that you could want that's motor-related, and it's 100% made by our buddy Dan over at Daily Bikers, a true biker nut. Happy Australia Day, everybody. In the spirit of the vintage ride, I wanted to give a shout-out to our friends at Icon Suspension. At IMS this year, we met Jeffrey Lowe and Roger Kerwin. Uh, Roger is sales and tech, and Jeffrey's the business development manager over there at Icon. And their motto was, Bicon with Icon. And Roger made a good point. A lot of times you see these old custom bikes that are beautifully restored and painted and got all the right parts on them. But then you look at the suspension. And I believe he said it's a knackered, tattered set of shocks on the back there. So Icon Suspension will hook you up and get your ride back on the road. Bicon with Icon. You won't regret it. Check them out at iconsuspension.com or iconsuspensionusa.com. That's Icon with a K. I-K-O-N. Yeah, so it was good to see Aussie Chris back in the in the feeds and all that stuff and, and get some people's inputs. I do want to talk about uh, what people suggested we do for this year, but before Ooh. we before we do that, I wanted to get into some recalls. And this what what did, did you get anything you we talked about this last episode. We I didn't get anything motor related for Christmas or anything like that. I no. Okay. So Ducati needs to recall my gas tank. Okay, so Ducati, can you recall his gas tank and possibly your brakes? Do you have Brembo's on there? Yeah. Yeah, are they the PR-16s? I don't know. Yeah, you're going to have to look at that Uh because there's a massive, massive, Christopher Walken in this studio. Oh, man. There's a massive Brembo recall, and at first they were, the first I had read of it was on- My Sporty, my Dyna, and my Duck all got Blimbo's. No, they've got real ones. Real Brembo's. The MVs or the uh, no the Aprilias was the first couple models. There was two different models of Aprilia, like the Tuono and the RSV4 that I saw mentioned that used these. Is it all a radial mount style? It's the radial mounts. Oh, mine's too old. Oh, rad. So what happens is the the radial mounts, um, and then now they say Ducati has uses them on some of the ones. The thing is, is most people that that use them as aftermarket. Um, mm. They don't usually get this this style, so it, it, it's most of the ones that come on the radio oh, mount ones OEM. that come on the OEM yeah. bikes. Uh, you probably wouldn't be putting these on, you know, yeah, but buying them aftermarket Aprilia unless you're a KTM. Yeah, a KTM is and part of it. Ducati all run yeah. Brembos, and anybody that runs Brembos, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to check it because they, they just they listed a couple bikes that they knew had them on, but I'm like thinking that's what I was thinking is like I know. Yeah, Especially a, after IMS, I saw Brembo and a lot of stuff. Yeah. So the PR16s, they're usually paired up with the, I think they said the M50 calipers. Um, but the, the. Wait, what's the PR16? Is it the rotor or the caliper? It's the uh, master cylinder. Oh, okay. Okay. And it's the radial style. Okay. They mine's, have. Mine's definitely too old. Right. So there's a plastic 
piston inside that can crack. And of course, once that cracks and fluid uh, can pass through that, you're no longer creating pressure. Someone tried to save a couple pennies. <laughs> well, another now gonna it's be, costing a million. Yes. And, and they are going to be paying for it because they're going to be replacing them with, uh, I think they said aluminum pistons, which obviously will never crack unless you really. They're just going to replace the whole master cylinder, aren't they? It's just going to be cheaper piston. for the part. Yeah. Because in labor, you would think it would be more, but I guess you're going to have a decent amount of labor anyway. It's a shame. <laughs> like, And I mean, to a point, I get it, but companies try to, they save a, try to save a few bucks and that stuff happens. Yeah, well, that's how... I don't think my gas tank was I'm trying to save a few bucks. I think it was trying to be innovative and have a good idea because what's one of the biggest problems with old bikes? Gas tanks. Rust. Guess what my gas tank won't do? Rust. Rust. But it will swell and grow and like get all weird. It's all swollen in the frame, huh. dude. It barely fits in the frame. It's all tight. What is it made? Was it a? It's like a plastic. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's crazy. So in one yeah, hand, that'll it's happen. Like super cool, but the plastic that they used reacted to gasoline. Yes, and you know, my friend used to have a uh, on his CB750. He had a full on like fiberglass race tank Mm -hmm. and I don't think it was coated it wasn't like lined with anything on the inside Mm. and uh, basically MTBE which all the gas pumps here in California used to say this product contains MTBE it's not leaded if you were to use leaded race gas in there it would have been fine but the MTBE react he didn't know why it started leaking and it started leaking at the front he asked me if I could glass it for him and I took a peek at it and I was like sure I should be able to patch a fiberglass thing easy and when I looked at the front not only was it soaking wet because it soaked it up like a sponge but it had like literally separated the fibers and flaked them out and I was like and it was right on the corner and that's probably why it leaked because the coating probably didn't get down into the like tiny Mm. pointy corner Yeah, and I'm going I can't patch that A because it's wet and I'll never get it dry enough to not have any gas there to leak again but B your thing is totally like Flaking apart. And it's just going to do it again. Yeah, it's just like it's like disintegrating the tank crazy. from the inside, and so the MTBE. I think there's certain th- like after watching Breaking Bad and learning that you know the LPDE and all the stuff on the, the on your plastic bins when uh, certain types of acids will eat through certain plastics but not others, and it totally made sense to me. You know why gas gasoline yeah. is a freaking volatile thing and it can eat through some shit, especially with you know. The additives that they put yeah, in for, for, sure. for MTBE was for to replace lead, but not cause knocking or something like that. And it's like you better know that if you got a motorcycle. Everybody's so worried about uh, ethanol and drying out your thing and eating God. up your eating up your seals, but they don't think about MTBE just eating right through a, a pl- plastic tank. When I think people always concern themselves with the ethanol in it, but the one of the big problems I know there's more, but one of the big problems with ethanol is it attracts water. If it's a bike you ride all the time, it's not a problem. It should be fine. It's when it's a bike that sits for six months at a time, then yeah, it corrodes in your carbs or your fuel injection, like it pulls moisture in, and then it's bad. Yeah, and I actually saw this thing, uh, these guys that had an auto, auto channel, but it applies to bikes too. They did a thing where they took... Uh, full a tank of gas E85, you know, no ethanol, 95 or 105 race fuel. They took all these different fuels and they put them through the car and they totally flushed the system and cleaned the injectors and rejetted it every single time because the guy worked at like a fuel injection shop huh. that they were doing it. When ethanol 
requires a lot more of it. So you got to like richen it up basically. Yeah. The E85 actually gave them the best booth boost. And they were talking oh, yeah. about how it's, it's, uh, it's ethanol, you know, and it's like, it's yeah. like running an alcohol motor and it gave him a really good boost, but it just doesn't lubricate that well. And Chris Singsheim actually used it and his bike and he said it was awesome, but he said it, he only used it for a couple tries and it like totally ate the seal on his gas tank. He's like, dude, it totally just ate everything yeah. though. So. It, so it works really well with compression. Like my right. my jaw was 14 and a half to one and it doesn't detonate. It's great for that. It's actually pretty easy to jet. It's not as finicky as gasoline, but it uses so much more. Another benefit of it too, it's cold to the touch. So like if you get it on your hands and it evaporates, you get it gets really cold. Yeah. So like my jaw was actually an air cooled motor, but it has really small fins because it uses methanol and it like naturally yeah. in a way cools yeah. it. Even though yes, it's burning inside, but as it gets injected in, it helps cool it. So it's got some crazy benefits for racing. Yeah. Um, and you're not leaving it sitting in your tank to rot your yeah, gaskets and seals right. and all that crap. So yeah, that's that is uh you know, you got to think about that stuff. I know that doesn't relate anything to do with master cylinders. I don't even know how we got to the tank thing. I'm not real sure either. But you started talking about the tank and your Ducati <laughs> yeah, yeah. needs to get recalled. Well, speaking of tanks getting recalled, the Honda Fury is getting recalled because apparently this thing was built it's on gross. A, yeah. A, <laughs> unfortunately, they're not recalling it for looking like a toy chopper. Uh, uh, there's a batch of tanks that missed the final weld process and they're not welded all the way around. <laughs> Apparently they were made at 4.30 on Friday or yeah. whatever beer th- sake 30 <laughs> is on, in Japan. It actually said a disruption led to it. So I wonder if there was it's like... It's probably a robotic welded, so I wonder why it didn't go. Yeah, like a power outage or something. They yeah. forgot to get that or like a Fukushima nuclear reactor evacuation yeah. and perhaps... Could have been that. Yeah, so I don't know what the disruption was, but it says that there was a disruption at the plant and when they got things back online. This batch of tanks made it through. Super unusual for Honda and Japan to not go over things with a white glove. But sometimes you can't you can't see a tank weld, but even with a white glove. Uh, so yeah, th- if you have a Honda Fury, you definitely need to get your gas tank <laughs> checked out. If you have a Ducati, is that what your your Ducati is a plastic tank? Yeah. If you have a Ducati S2R, you might just want to complain to Ducati. So they actually kind of recalled it. It's never been like a safety issue, so they didn't do like a recall recall, I guess. Right. Um, a recall yeah, yeah, they did a... Uh, <laughs> at first, it was take your bike in and they'll put a new tank on it, and it turned into take your bike in and be nice to someone and they'll put you, they'll replace your tank. Yeah. And then it turned into we're just out of gas tanks. So... Um, I think the Honda Fury is going to be take your bike in and hopefully they'll take it out of its misery and put a <sighs> DN01 under it. In its place. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> An NM4. <sighs> but yes, so the Honda Fury gas tank welds are missing. If you find them, please let Honda know. Um, it's from five years ago. It's still sitting on the showroom floor. No yeah. one's put gasoline in it yet. <laughs> That's why there's not such a huge recall. <laughs> They're like, really? Three people are getting recall notices in oh, the mail. Oh, man. Uh, the Z125 Pro. I'm such a hater. What? Yeah, everyone's favorite grompetitor uh, is getting. I have a favorite grompetitor, and it's not that one. Uh, yeah, we might. Let's. We'll talk about that in a second. The uh, ECU setting can cause the engine to stall, so they mapped it. They took the uh, the ECU out of the Z900 and accidentally slapped it into the Z125 because the guy couldn't tell numbers apart. 
I made that part up. Please do not sue me, Kawasaki. I'm totally kidding. This is a parody. But uh, but the ECU setting really did, uh, it doesn't match up to the bike's mapping and it can stall on you. So when you're out there doing 55 miles an hour on your Z125, <laughs> you could stall. Uh, talking about 125s, Chris has a new 125 favorite. He actually, we might have talked about it last show because you showed me while we were in the middle bit. of the recording, and it's the 125 Boom. It's basically a miniature Ducati. It's what it looks. It's the exact same, to my knowledge, as the SSR Razkill. But it's if oh, you live in Southern California around the valley, no joke. Full price is eleven nine nine out the door. So it's possible that if you have like eleven, or if you have like a thou, you could talk them down. Although. I don't know what they'd be cutting. They're like, yeah, but you just can't. You can't take the brakes, like, or you can't <laughs> take the gas. So tank. we have a few guys at work since we work at a motorcycle company and everyone's motorcycle people that are like, if we take five of us in there with a grand each and tell them, don't even build it, we'll build it. Can we get them for that? Yeah, like, well, yeah, like you'll assemble them. That's probably what part of the cost is. is the I think I they've got to assemble them. There's got to be some liability on that that they have to. But like, I watched a review on. Cycle World on YouTube, I think Cycle World put it on. Anyway, they had they took the Grom, the Cowie, the SSR Razkill, and the Kimco. The this one like you, the, 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 the one K pipe, the K pipe, K pipe. Yeah, hated the K pipe. Everyone hated. The only thing they liked was it was felt more stable because the bigger wheels. But three of the four guys, I think, said if it was their own money, of course. We could talk about this on why people aren't buying new motorcycles, but if it was their own money, they would buy the SSR Razkill for eighteen hundred. I've never heard of SSR. Who is that? SSR. They got big with all the XR fifty stuff back in the day. All the cheap ass Chinese XR fifties. That was mostly SSR. They did like the complete bikes because it does that. Sounds familiar. I just can't. I can't like. There's so many like CCW and. Uh, concealed carry weapon, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there's like, cycle works, and there's another one that has like a well, and there's like SSR. the car company too that does like wheels, like XXR, yeah. And there was a but there's also somebody that does like 125 yeah. or 250 there's bikes, BBR, like, maybe that's what it is. Are they, they, from, they, are they from England or something like that? Like, I thought they were from the states, but I really don't know. Yeah, whoever um, I'm thinking of, there's like so many little three letter. Yeah, like acronyms. 15 years ago when the XR50 stuff like was maybe even more than that now to make me feel old. Um, when it was like totally blowing up. <laughs> when you say 15 years ago and it's really 30 years ago, you're. Uh, it wasn't 30. It was like at the most. What year is it? No, it was 15 years ago. Maybe a little less actually. Um, but yeah, the XR50 stuff, the CRF50 stuff was just blowing up, and they had like big race in Vegas with like McGrath and they all had like $10,000 50s. Right. Oh, SSR yes, started yes. doing okay. the cheap Chinese ones. Right. And it was like they were a direct Honda copy. So this one is a Honda copy Chinese motor, which here's what you got to think about both the Honda and the Cowie. They kept calling them Japanese on the show, on the YouTube review, but they're not Japanese. Yeah. They're Japanese engineered. But they're made in Taiwan or something too. A lot of them are made in Thailand. Okay, Thailand. But they did say like the Razkill fell over and the Cowie fell over and the Cowie bent the clutch lever and the Razkill broke it. So they were like, 
okay, so some of the cast aluminum is a little bit better. I'll give them that. But they were like, it's like a f- half the price. And the boom 125 is even less. Yeah. And that's crazy because, I mean, that's getting to the, I mean, that's even less than a CSC, which like are super cheap. Everyone bags on CSC because they're like, what, what are you really getting for $2,000? Yeah. This is like even less than that. And that's 1200 out the door. That's taxes and license. That's, it's a street legal bike, dude. That's plates and everything. It's actually not considered a motorcycle, I don't think, at that size. But at, want, what, at 125? One. Yeah. It's funny because I know the Grom is, you know. I don't know. It's. I think it should be in the same class as the Grom. Yeah, but yeah. I wanted to talk to you about too because I know really that thing looks like a miniature monster. Like, it really does. They like, ripped off a Ducati monster, <laughs> but I've heard the exhaust off the uh, Honda Grom fits it. And I know, like from from helping a kid race flat track and kind of coaching him a little bit, I know a lot of the hot rod like Honda 50 and 80 parts that are aftermarket are all Chinese kits. So there's a bunch of big bore high compression kits out there. Uh, Those have a clutch anyway, so clutch kit's not going to be an upgrade. But so, yeah, it's a cheap Chineseium bike, but there are a lot of upgrades and a lot of motor stuff. So, yeah, it's not the most reliable. But And I think, too, like if you're stunting on it, like if you're in parking lots doing wheelies and stuff that a lot of people do on those bikes – you're not going to hurt the motor. Yeah. So if you're out racing it or rev limiter it, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's so funny that they copied Ducati. Everybody's copying Ducati right now. It's so funny. It's I, weird. Yeah. It's a weird looking mini monster. I'm surprised. They have actually two models the S3 and S2, I think, on their website or on if you Google them. Yeah, there's there's Benelli, who is another Italian company, made a uh, basically a 400 cc XDFL ripoff. Well, wow, and it looks it a hell does. of a lot like a Ducati DFL. Kind of scary, actually, yeah. but it does. And it it's funny, just like Ducati's got it going on right now. Um, the I, I was trying to think of there's a little a little sport like pocket bike company that kind of looks like Ducati, like an older Ducati, like 848 too or something like that. And I can't think of who it is, but yeah, Ducati must be the, uh, people want to go for the, this Italian styling, I guess. But yeah, so lots of people making baby Ducatis. Yeah. That the boom. And I think SSR too, like the last year's model basically looked a lot more like a Grom. Yeah. It doesn't look as good as the new one. The yeah. new one looks a little better. And I, I don't like it. To me, I don't like it because it looks like a baby monster. I just yeah. like it, other stuff. But <laughs> I love the fact that those things, uh, like at Apex, there's the United Mini Racing Association. I met a bunch of them year, two years ago, I guess, at IMS. They do like 12 and 24 hour races mm-hmm. over there. They do all sorts of crazy stuff. If you do it on a big bike, they do it too. But m- like a lot of the bikes are Groms or a they lot used of to, them It was like before the Grom, like, so that's, but when I was racing Supermoto, they did a bunch of them. A lot of guys on like 110s with, with street tires. They have like a lot of 110 Supermotos at yeah. that, in that group too. And then there was a lot of dudes on like little RS125s and stuff, RS50s. Right. That would, they didn't really rip though. So rad though, watching watching these guys go, you know, go ham on these little bikes. Yeah. Makes me think that the little bike market I don't know. I I just I, I don't see it hitting here in the States, but it makes me feel like it's alive somewhere. You know I what think, I mean? The fact that you want a one twenty five blew my mind and it makes me think that maybe there is hope. But the for reason the, I want it is the price point. Like I think I'm not gonna spend four grand on a mini. 
No. When I have less than three grand into my Ducati. Right. In my full size, track ready, canyon ready, brand new tires, brand new chain and sprockets. Yeah. 10 year old Ducati. Like, yeah. But if you can get a mini Ducati for like a thousand bucks. But a grand is like, I can break it. Yeah. And I'm not going to feel that bad yeah. about it. Like, I'd feel that bad because I could have bought four Spamela Andersons for a grand, but uh, but I, I get you. I but you couldn't you. have had them in the same running condition that you're That's true. In. That's true. Like you, dude. When I put chain and sprockets and tires on my duck, it was like four or five hundred bucks, yeah. and I paid wholesale. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So that's not. I don't know. I feel like it's not bad. And again, like back to if you commute to work, but if you don't take the freeway and you live like three miles from work, that would be so fun, dude. Every day, <laughs> that would be worth it. That that would pay for itself in yeah. about four months. You're right. You're but right. if you're going to Apex, like goofing off, like if you're an idiot like me and you have like seven different bikes and you want to get back into Supermoto cheap, dude, buy one of those for a grand and go yeah. to Apex Car Track. Maybe even uh, improve your tra- like improve your riding skills on your regular bike just yeah. because a thousand bucks you could spend that in leathers you know what I mean like, yeah so for get a bike for eleven hundred is pretty rad because you do ha- kind of have to figure it disposable at that point point. and I do like I am all for buying quality but it's not five hundred bucks cheaper than a Grom yeah. it's a fourth of the price yeah and I don't hear them getting recalls for their ECUs oh, causing it yeah. to stall mm-hmm. so. I doubt there is a recall because I doubt any, the <laughs> NHTSA knows it's in the country. Because if so. it goes if it goes to a recall, the company just changes names. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Wait, I thought this was a Boom 125. Now it's the Doom 125. That's weird. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, you could do that. You could get a Mini XDFL, which is uh, the Benelli 402S or whatever the hell it is. Is it uh, a Benelli? Yeah, it's a. Uh, they make shotguns, I think. Well, they used to make motorcycles. My grandpa's got a 1970 Benelli with 33 miles. Yeah, remember, uh, uh, I want to say about 10 episodes ago, I, sh- I showed you that little Lanchino that's coming out. It's mm-hmm. like the little lion. Oh, so rad. But huh. yeah, Benelli's getting back in the game. Hardcore with, with these with Ducati ripoffs. 400 cc Ducati ripoffs. Okay. And I bet you it's like a Scrambler 62 motor in there. No, it's not a V-twin. But uh, uh, speaking of like Italian companies and staying on the recall thing uh the uh 2017 mv agusta brutale 800 dragster rr which is a mouthful for a try to put that on your vin it's probably a mouthful with a wallet empty yeah i'd like to see the people's registration for that what it says if it just says like mv ag brute 800 drag or so on these ones, very, very specific part. This is so weird. The rear wheel, wheel nipples might uh, not hold the spokes correctly, and the spokes can loosen up. And if you get a bunch of loose spokes so, at speed, you get a little wobbly back wheel. I was at chain. Pro Italia this weekend. I went and bought a battery for my Ducati. And I think there was a couple MV Agustas with spokes, like mm-hmm. sport bikes, like mm-hmm. big horsepower sport bikes with spokes. And that's this one. You know what? Your your wheel shouldn't get recalled. It should probably break with you on it for buying a high horsepower sport bike with spokes. Yeah, yeah. You know what? No, they looked good. Like they look yeah. super cool, but they do look pretty cool. And I really like spokes, and they will take a lot of abuse. But man, a big horsepower single sided swing arm. Yeah, spokes are for off road bikes, dude. Like I, it does. I do. I prefer spokes over like cast wheels, but. For something like that, yeah. Like if you're going to be stressing them out every time you, you know, launch from a freaking stoplight or whatever, 
you're one of these times you're going to do it and the hub and the spokes oh, yeah, are going to go around know. and the wheel, the rim is just going to be sitting there and you're just going to be like a buzzsaw. <laughs> crazy. But, it's crazy. There's a recall for that. Yeah. Saw one. It's just the rear wheels, which is really kind of weird. I wonder if it's because of the force generated and like there's no, I don't know if there's a, a cushion the rear to absorb some of the chain slack and all that there's stuff. There's got to be on a, on a modern sport bike. Like most bikes. My do. Ducati has a cush in the sprocket assembly most and in the do. clutch. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah. I didn't know. And I was like, since the clutch was one of the broken parts, and I had it come loose on me a couple of times after, yeah. And I impacted it back together. But I was yeah. like, I'm like, this thing's kind of, and I like pulled apart, and I was like, there's a cushion, the clutch. Yeah. But I didn't know this, so I was Is always. It, are taught, there spokes on the clutch? No spokes. <laughs> I was always taught cush drives were longevity of the transmission. Yeah. Um, but I did not know. Uh, I guess a lot of MotoGP bikes are going to cush. Because of the crazy amounts of horsepower, it helps traction. Yeah. I was going to say, it also has a split second, like, where it doesn't... Uh, it, like, like, softens up the yeah. hit of the motor. Yeah. Um, I'll leave the tech secrets to my buddy's company then. We, we won't discuss yeah, those. But anyway, MotoGP bikes, I guess, are running cush drives. Yeah. So, interesting side note. Yeah. Hey, and also the Kawasaki These Z... These guys are getting a two-hour show of side notes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Would you guys just like us to get through, through the recalls? <laughs> Too bad. Uh, the Stay Kawa- on point. Kawasaki Z900, which I know that... Uh, which you got the ECU out of the Z125. And it's ca- it only it limits it to 30 mile an hour. <laughs> yeah. so. They're like, dude, we accidentally swapped these on Fridays. Uh, send all hate mail to Chris Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they basically... The rear shock... The, okay, this is weird because it's like, you know, most... Sport bikes are cantilevered rear shock where you got like a little relay arm and a little tie rod that connects the shock to the frame to the swing arm. What can happen is that tie rod can bottom out and start to elongate the holes, and then you get like free play in it, and thus like the shock, the whole rear end is like kind of like loose, has like some free play in it. So uh, there's a recall for that, and I know Electric Eric, which is a Eric up in Minnesota, he has a Z900, I believe, that he uh, bought just a few months ago. So there's already a recall for that, buddy. Go in now that it's winter time up there. Did he go from an electric bike to a Z900? <laughs> How he, so he got no. his nickname and then... No. You know, like when there's a huge guy, like a seven feet tall, like Andre the Giant, uh-huh. he could have he also gone by Tiny or like there's a big, huge, fat guy and he goes by Slim. Electric Eric uh-huh. hates electric vehicles. So and, that's where Nitrous Chris is going by putting a turbo, turbo on his, on his bike. bike. He's trying to be yeah. ironic. He is. Hipster. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lastly, for Electric Eric, the Zeros got... <laughs> a recall for emission certi- certification of all things. <laughs> Just the name was wrong, like on the plates that probably say they're, that probably says like this is a zero emission vehicle, but they got the year wrong on it or something, or like the VIN <laughs> digit for the year. So of all things, zero's got. I still don't know if you're serious or not. No, they got tagged a recall for the emissions. Cer- I still think you're messing with me. Certification, no. everybody i hope you are enjoying the show we are at the one hour mark go ahead get yourself some little drink of water right now and uh gear up put some ice on that butt of yours or if you're walking around get ready for another hour of blib blab for me and the co-host right now i'd like to take a second and thank everybody over at rp enterprises for making 2018 the year to live for rp enterprises what 
Why would you say that? Well, because I've said a lot of stupid things in my time. Uh, you know, you guys have suffered through 106 episodes of it now. And RP Enterprises has this unique product called the Lobotomizer. The Lobotomizer is a discreet uh, self-adhesive scar. And uh, it's, it's, you know, like play makeup. What, what happens? You say something dumb. Maybe you're at a party. Maybe you're at work even. Uh, and nobody's noticed your forehead before. What, what happens? You, you say something real stupid. You're digging a hole. It's almost like you've gone like on a crazy Twitter rant and you're the president of the United States. What you do, you go into the bathroom, go into a phone booth, do whatever you got to do. But you slip the self-adhesive scar onto your forehead and you come back out with that dumb look that you always have on your face anyway. And everybody excuses your, uh, what are those called? Your transgressions. That's the word I'm looking for. And... The RP Enterprises, without them, I wouldn't have got away with saying half the dumb stuff that I've said in my life. I've used that thing so many times. Uh, I just can't thank you enough, Rex Panther, for creating such a great product. All right. Thanks for sponsoring the show. Let's get back to it. Um, yeah, I did, I did want to say, you know, talking about zero and electric bikes, we did get some listener feedback, um, really quickly. I did want to touch on, we, we, I mentioned this a few, uh, weeks ago that I got a press release from Energica that they are going to be the bike for the moto, the FIM. Yeah, that would be interesting. It's going to be so rad. It's going to be the egos. It's going to be those bikes that we saw at Long Beach. And the I went naked to, one or the fairing one? No, the fairing one. And I went to open the press release, and it's just a cover shot PDF of their thing that says attached press release. So I didn't get the actual press release, uh, but I did get notified via email that they are going to be the sole provider of the uh, the FIM Moto E. And so they're going to be basically like the... Um, it's going to be not like the TTX GP, which was like the Isle of Man electric okay. race, and where like the Moog and Shinden and, and like the Bramo and, and uh, Impulse and all that stuff was racing. This is going to be like a race series, not just a couple races, because that, that would piggyback. It's kind of a bummer. Like, it's kind of cool, but it's also kind of a bummer. Like, you're having a series that's going to be associated and travel with MotoGP. And I get it. Like, I get the 390 Cup. I get, I even get this like having a spec series, but when are they going to do an electric class for like, basically what I'm saying is it doesn't stem growth Mm -hmm. because it's a spec bike. Like if lightning and zero and energica were all in it together, then we would have badass electric bikes coming out because they would all be fighting each other for this series. Like who's going to win? Like, that racing technology still trickles down. Yeah, well, and, and it doesn't and it doesn't foster uh, development from any any of these like Lightning, right. Lightning, and Moto Sis also raced the TTX GP. Yeah, and when it came to Laguna Seca, they would come here. When it went to Isle of Man, they would go there. They follow it, and of course, you know who's running the uh, Moto E is Dorna, and they have a way of like screwing everything up right mm-hmm. i mean a little bit and so they are the ones who are going to be running this and so that's why they're having this uh this tech it it says that their their thing is it, the dorna has concerns over over it too because the different manufacturer entries would make for uh 
It says an uninteresting race spectacle, something that we see at the Isle of Man's TT Zero race. So basically, you are just seeing a bunch of spec bikes, like the RC390 Rookies Cup or something. It's awesome yeah. to see the guys go out there and on these bikes. I but get it's that not- side of it, but I think with electric and where we're at with it is we need the competition between companies. Yeah, like- for sure. Tesla's talking about a bike, you know, there's obviously lightning, uh, moto sizz if they're still around and it'd be cool to give them a budget. Like, okay, it's gotta be production and it's gotta sell for this for production. Like that way, cause electric to me is pricey. Like the zeros don't look like a $15,000 motorcycle and the moto sizz does mm-hmm. or the moto sizz, the Energica, yeah. but they're 30 grand. Yeah. And, and the lightnings are like eighty grand, and the Bramos even were like twenty grand. Well, the are light. Do lightning even have a street? Thing? They, well, they don't I know have they're a, working on. Yeah, them, they but. don't have a production bike, but I. Yeah, I think that I saw like something that had a price on it a long time ago, and it was Maybe. like fifty grand or something like that. He was talking about doing like a electric Grom competitor too. Man, an e an e competitor. Yeah, I need to go back and re-listen to that episode of the Misfits. It was a good one. Why don't we just invite him on our show? Uh, it's a long drive. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Maybe we. Maybe he'll call in and be like, oh, "I'll be on everyone's podcast." Yeah. Well, hey, if, I know a guy that did that. Yeah, and now he's a co-host. <laughs> yeah, Richard Hatfield. Are you ready to be uh, co-host number two? For we'll have three people on the show. Um, something else that I I read also today on asphalt and rubber was that BMW, who is leading the way in America in infrastructure right now. Uh, is also developing like a two million euro electric facility in Europe right now to start to get their electric bike thing. And mm. uh, you know, if there's no other, like, if you're looking through, if you're if you go five years to the future, whatever happens now, like, and you look back, you can see this like timestamp of what happened in the industry. And right now, elect- the electric talk this year has been huge. And oh yeah, <laughs> pardon me. If, if small bikes start selling in like five years, you can go back and look at twenty sixteen slash seventeen was the year that small bikes started to blow up from everybody bringing out small ADV bikes like BMW of all people who had never had anything less than six fifty, except for their four fifty motocross bike going to 310 like that's this is the year of a small bike so i think that it's it's just shows you it's like a, it's just another one of those timestamps where in in 30 years from now they'll be making documentaries and they'll be able to go back and like plot this 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 and this look at here at the end of 2017 rolling into 18 you know people were getting serious about this stuff so electric eric uh there you go there's your electric report for <laughs> Please, because zeros are not passing emissions. Yeah, because zeros can't pass their uh, their emission certification is out. Um, so yeah, rolling into the next uh, thing, I wanted to say we're gonna we're gonna move switch topics now and get into some of the listener feedback for the show. And I wanted to say that Chris has volunteered himself. If you would like to do like a Ask Wiggins, um, we'll we'll put out a. We'll ha- we'll just have to see how it starts and then yeah. how it develops. Email creative writing podcast at gmail.com or go to Facebook and just click the email the show button that's there at the top of the page. Um, it's creative writing podcast at gmail.com. We'll see how many we get. But if you just want to ask him about a license plate, a light bulb, a bottle of milk, whatever you want to ask, because he's got a gnarly opinion. You, you about can ask everything. my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll give it to you. No holds barred. So be careful what you ask about because you may 
get a little more than you bargained for. I'm hoping for. it's a funny segment. It might fail. It might totally fail, but that's... You know what? If we never try it, we'll never know. That's true. We got to try that. We got to jump. I wonder who owns that moon. We got to j- jump up to it. So uh, I did... <laughs> that made no sense. And see, it worked. Um, I, I do want to get to some of the listener feedback. Right? Uh, I guess it was last week I asked everybody, you know, I hope you're enjoying the holidays. In 2018, what would you what would you guys like to hear from the show? Would you like to hear more Instagram shoutouts? Because I know a lot of people have actually liked the Instagram shoutouts because they get turned on to new people. And it's so funny, after we started doing that, I'll go on Instagram and look at some of the people I follow, and I see some of the same names popping up in there. And go, aha, we turned some people on to some really cool Instagrams, and they've turned us on to some really cool Instagrams. So thanks, everybody. But really, what do you guys want to hear? So here's what they say. Jason Goolmeyer from the WIR Top 10 list. The founder uh, says, it'd be cool if you guys went to a local motorcycle drag race in your area to see bikes like ours in person or come to Wisconsin and check us out. Well, Jason, I know that it's negative four degrees there uh, today, so I'm not going to be going to Wisconsin. I'm sorry. I'm going to stay here where it's like 70. It's supposed to be 80 tomorrow. I'm going to do some riding. And while I'm doing that riding, I may check out the drag strip, but I have some sad news Irwindale drag strip is closing down in 2018. January 31st, slated to be the very last day. You know what happened on Jason Goldmeyer's birthday of all days? Uh Uh-uh. I read a press release that uh, the owners, well, the new owners of Irwindale drag strip put out on December 30th, Jason Goldmeyer's birthday. Happy birthday, my friend. That's also my birthday. You turned 41. I turned 141. Imagine that. Uh, we, uh, we found out the best birthday present for a drag racer from Wisconsin to ever happen in California came true. Irwindale renewed. Uh, they, got, they partnered with some people that are in the motorsports industry with some owners, and they've countered, and they... they you know, the, the original people filed for bankruptcy a long time ago and 211 Motorsports or whoever took it over, their lease ran out. They were offered first uh, first dibs at a new lease and they said, listen, this not we can't do it. So they were letting it go and Irwindale was going to close down after like 29 years. Two people that they knew were like, maybe we can get these guys interested in carrying it on and, yeah. and we get first rights of refusal, but that doesn't mean somebody can't come in. And lo and behold, right before... 2017 ended and everything went to all hell. These two groups stepped in. One is a motorsports racing team, I believe, and one is a promoter. And they stepped in and they renewed. That's going to have full. I think they did a few year con. I think it's at least oh, a right. five year contract. So Jason Goldmeyer, we will be going to a drag strip, uh, and I will be ripping the 250 down it, uh, and I will, you know. Maybe we can do some virtual in, racing in with the podcast the defense. Like we we went to Barona for Twisted Throttles, and I, yeah. I ran the drag strip. Yeah, that's true. And there were a couple of bikes. I want to say like theirs, but I guarantee they weren't near as good as the WIR dudes. No, that XS eleven hundred was probably the and, and well, was that, that was just rad because that was like eighties drag bike. Yeah, but there was like. Th- Two or three booses that were yeah. there, and that green a Harley. Remember that green Harley? It wasn't a V rod. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Wasn't that quick either? It, well, he blew up the first run. Remember, but Maybe. yeah. So we did. Oh yeah, there was the super. There was T rod sick Harley, but it it was running not good. Yeah, that green was that the green and silver. The silver and green. Yeah. One, yeah. So we did do some legit drag racing, and Wiggins ran some eight nine. 
seven seven nine seven eight nine nine seven eight nine nine in the mile i was running seven nines all day um so we did we did a little we did a little bit i so i grew up when i was a little kid my dad used to drag race he had a cbx na for a while stock frame with just a slick it was kind of cool and then he had a in a frame with like an eight inch slick and a turbo and a cbx but i was like that was up until I was like eight or nine years old. Yeah. So I, I remember it, but not a bunch. My mom had a, a five-inch slick on her Pontiac Sunbird, and that's because <laughs> she was so such a hobo, she wouldn't buy new tires for her car. We went off into a ditch, and I nearly went through the windshield. Thanks, Mom. So that's, that's my only <laughs> experience with slicks. Um, Electric Eric says, major on the majors, i.e. gas-powered bikes. <laughs> Minoring on the microscopic, i.e. electric powered bikes. And I agree with Eric until, hey man, listen, it's like I said, it's like a, it's like a timestamp of where the industry's heading and like this world, you know, this world vision of what the future is going to be. And it's, it's going to hit us. I'm not saying this year, but people are making steps this year and have been. I agree with them. A decade, I, I but felt let's like, focus on, right? And I, I feel like myself, I tried to be pretty critical of the electric bikes we rode, but I felt like for the show, it was definitely good to get out and get on some. Yeah, I know. To know what we were, well, if to, it's, if to it's, kind of, to sound like we knew what we were talking about. <laughs> if it's got two wheels, I'll ride it. And a 125 isn't going to ha- be as fun as that electric I bike I got some was. pretty nice pedal bikes in my garage. I don't ride them very often. Yeah. But they got two wheels and I will ride yeah, them. Yeah, me too. And I, I actually was going to talk about that. I decided to hold off, but maybe we'll get to that afterwards. So Eric... I'm with you. We're going to cover some stuff. There's so much other stuff going on right now with that's not electric related. Even though, even this week, I heard a lot of people talking about electric bikes and the promise of the future. And the time is coming. 2020 is going to be here pretty soon. There is already a bunch of emission stuff in place and a bunch of global stuff in place and a bunch of uh, corporate infrastructure happening that's going to be planning for an electric future or a partial electric future, even a hydrogen future and i heard that honda has a hydrogen patent so hydrogen is another mm-hmm. technology we can get into the technology of, of how bikes are going to run but i'm with you i love the roar of an ice engine there's nothing cooler sounding nothing better man so we there's with with all the guys racing harleys with sport bikes there's so much to still talk about oh, and yeah. so i didn't i didn't mean to and in the states where you know motorcycles are a luxury like yeah i don't feel like gas motorcycles are going away yeah because that's what people want. They're gonna even synthetic fuels are being made. We might even run synthetic for a long time before if it's cost effective until until that stuff comes. So we'll do. There's so much more crazy stuff to talk about that's not gonna bum Eric out by just <laughs> talking about how rad. But electric Eric is gonna stick unless you Eric you need to email us. Hey, I know it's gonna be hate mail this this round. But you're like what? Give electric us, yeah, Eric? How did this happen? It's like the fat guy named Tiny. Hey, gasoline Eric just doesn't have the same ring to it. It doesn't. Gas Eric, yeah, it doesn't. It makes him sound like he's like he farts which a lot. He's definitely not. Uh, Wingman's Garage said road trips. Oh man, I don't want to. Sp- I don't. Does it have like- to be motorcycle road trips? It, probably. Oh. This is a motorcycle. What if it's show. a road trip to a motorcycle event? What if it's a road trip to a motorcycle dealership? <laughs> Here, here's the thing. I don't the one want, down the street. I don't want to let any cats out of the bag. And I've kind. I don't even know if I've told Wiggins the whole shebang, but I think there's going to be some road trips this year, and there's definitely going to be some riding because in June, 
the last part, first part of June or last part of June. I, I, you should ride the 250 to X Games. Oh, dude, I totally <laughs> will. As soon as I get a gigantic seat for it so my ass doesn't <laughs> fall off halfway there. But 60 mile an hour the whole way. Yeah, the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge is happening this year. And mm. it's, it's like the last week of June and the first week of July or like the middle. So of is June. it better if we like split up and go opposite directions? Yeah, you go north, I'll go south. I'll hit up. I'll go. I'll drive all the way to Canada on the 250. You drive down to to Mexico, and uh, yeah, no, we'll hit all the towns in between. I'm really excited for this year because they're changing the rules a little bit, and I think we can get. They, it's funny because because of me just being one person last year, they kind of altered the rules, and now mm. that you're on my team, I feel kind of bad. I don't really ride on the street very often anymore, though. It's gonna be hard. Yeah, that's true. I'll still be doing most of the mileage, I believe, but. Uh, We'll see. I'm excited. I like challenges. Let's yeah, do it. I know, me too. And then we got a little bike challenge. Well, we're gonna suss out uh, oh, yeah. after our build. Uh, after our build's over, um, I did want to say that Chris Singsheim also emailed us in, or well, posted to our Facebook page saying uh, that Wham and Wiggins would be happy to hear <laughs> that I run a Vance and Hines valve in the race machine, oh. and he may have confused us. We do call it Coke syrup for the racing, but we order our drinks as soda. <laughs> as in, hey, you want a soda? Sure, give me a Coke or Pepsi, whatever you got. So, yeah. so it's Coke syrup, but you order a soda. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, leave your feedback. Comments are always appreciated. Uh, Lance from Canada has been sending us lots of cool stuff into Motorbike Obsessions actually had a question for you, Wiggins. Uh, and I, I answered it partially, but I think you might have some of this too. Uh, hey, guys, fan of the podcast. Liking episode 105, fully agree that getting to the track is one of the best things you can do with your bike. I really started tracking my 2004 Ninja 250 last year, and I have a plan to do many more track days this year. My bike's an example of if it doesn't matter what you ride, get out there and track it, which is true. Spain Actually, more- the Ninja 250, more so the 300, but the Ninja 250 is one of those bikes that a lot of juniors and stuff track and there's a lot of like racing there's a lot of parts for them for the track but i i think what he's saying and i i definitely agree with him is it doesn't matter like take your bike out yeah ride it like the good thing about a small displacement bike is it really teaches you corner speed yeah. corner entry corner exit corner lines yeah because you don't have a straightaway like you're not going to pull in the straightaway to make up for it unless you yeah, and I think at Chuckwalla there, there is a series specifically for 250s, mostly mostly is Ninja 250s. It's probably and, up to uh, 300s now because of the Honda, the Ninja 300, yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But so I knew somebody that raced it, and they're like, "That's why I got they they keep it at that so that it yeah. keeps it cost effective, so that you can still have fun." It's not the mini racing league, but it's some yeah. it's some series that they run at Chuckwalla. And as long as you're not allowed to touch the motor, it should stay pretty cost effective. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, the problem around. with small displacement motors on pavement is if you're allowed to do something to them and everyone's going to cheat but horsepower is going to win i mean that you know they make so little of it that half a horse is a huge difference close your ears spamela he's he's talking about all 12 of your horsepower right now uh so the real question is uh a question for wiggins if i want to get into flat track how can i do it i started racing with cvma for the 2018-19 season and i can do track days to get ready is there any track day where i can learn to flat track so if he's racing in cvma he is california then that's chuck walla valley 
Yeah. Right? Motorcycle Association or whatever. If he's in Southern California, look up the Facebook's probably the but no, they have a website. Southern California Flat Track Association. Um it's Paris flat track. Mm -hmm. So depending where you live, it's probably relatively local. He says I live in Oceanside. Oh, perfect. Because I answered him back milestone has like good yeah, Milestone is a practice track. Oceanside's a little south, but you can always shoot over to the 15 and up to Paris. It's yeah. probably closer than Milestone. Yeah, um, might, yeah, actually it is because uh, that's Paris and Riverside. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, yeah, it's going to be not right off the 15 and 250. Yeah. Well, you can go up to the 215 splits yeah. off and then go over. It's not, it it'd be, wouldn't be too bad from Oceanside. Yeah. Uh, actually, and I think they're equidistant. If I'm thinking right, I can't remember if my, how a, far out Milestone is. Milestone is off the 9160 interchange area, so it would be further north if you're coming yeah, up from Oceanside. Okay, okay. But Milestone's open every Saturday and Sunday, which is really nice. Yeah. Price-wise, and, it's about the same, I think. Yeah, and that's what I told him is that Milestone, I don't know if they have the rigid sound. Uh, Not really, know, sound and Paris is kind of laxed. Does. What... So one of my questions I think is what bike are you taking? You're not taking a Ninja 250 out (laughs) to the flat track. track. So, um, I mean, in the spirit of hooligan racing, you can give it a whirl, but I just don't think it would be that comfortable. But I would say, you know, depending on what bike you have, look up Southern California flat track association and, or milestone has a flat track. Um, and I told him, uh, I told him those two. And then I told him Campo also has. Yeah, Campo does have a track uh, out there. Cal VMX has, I forget what it's yeah. called, Cahuilla Creek or something like that. But there's a little. Yeah, and they if, do some flat track racing. Yeah, they got a flat track out there. But that's even from Oceanside to go down. I don't know what's it's closer. Not, yeah, it's not too. I don't know how far out Campo is. I know some guys that are like in the Vista area that race hooligan that go. Yeah, to, and the campo and like it. Yeah. One of my teammates is actually in Oceanside Vista too. Yeah, if you look at a map, I mean it's damn near Mexican border. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's pretty far south at East Inland. Yeah, but so is from Oceanside. So is you know Paris. So yeah. I think he might be right in the middle. He might have some good options. I didn't know if Ventura had because he said he used to live in Ventura. I don't know last... if they really have any practice days though. Yeah, that's they've got what... some good racing, but I don't know if they have any practice days. Yeah, I've never been there. So he says he used to live in Ventura for the last four years and used to go watch the races at Ventura Raceway. He caught the bug to get out and race. The problem is how you know for road race and motocross, there's lots of tracks, but mm-hmm. for flat track, it's a mystery. I will tell you, here's something that I did a long time ago. Uh, and actually not too long ago, I guess it was like 2015 or maybe even 16, I went off-roading with my buddy and I noticed that they had like this little practice corral and (laughs) it's literally an oval. And I was like, oh, sweet. And I just for fun did a couple laps there. Um, I know my wife's dad way back in the 70s used to sneak onto high schools and do the tracks. You know, (laughs) nowadays if they might be rubber or something, you're Some of them are still dirt, but But Some of them are still dirt, you know, especially like in Oceanside and stuff. They look good, dude. I always wanted to do that. Those tracks look good. (laughs) Like the DG just out there. Yeah, I would would look up... uh, SFCTA, whatever, yeah. Southern California Flat Track Association, SCFTA. Yeah. Um, that's going to be like your closest racing club if you actually want to race a little bit. But Milestone and Paris um, are probably your easiest ones. I, I'm not sure about Campo, what they have for practice. Um, but yeah, let us know what bike you're riding and, and if you need any setup tips or something. You know, if it's DTX, I'm kind of, uh, as long as you have 19s and flat track tires. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if you just want to spend some laps, I would do that before I raced a little bit. And 
but that's what I would check out. Yeah. And then the last piece is also from Electric Eric, and he said, the problem with electricity, Tesla's dead. He wrote a bunch of stuff about everybody that uses electricity goes crazy. <laughs> and and I think he also, and then everybody that, like, like Tesla's mentors were basically like insaniacs. And then he showed, uh, sent me a gif of a guy jumping out a window. <laughs> and then he said, there's no future with electric. Here's a number of reasons why. And he sent me a video called Why Tesla Sucks. Electric Eric. We need to get you a new name ASAP because it's apparent to me that you hate electric. But that's that's it for our, our listener feedback uh, as far as our as far as our social medias go. We did get an email from uh, Bry Viffer, aka Paul, who's working right now on building a bike with his son. Uh, he got a bike in a box, and he and it's a dirt bike, so he's getting that ready. And I told him as soon as he gets that thing put together, let me and Wiggins know. We'll meet you out like at the uh, the dry lake bed or something, and we'll go. We'll all rip around there. That would be kind of fun. Yeah, I, I haven't been out to Oprahage in a while. I need to go. It's super fun. Yeah, and I'll even take my, I'll even take Spamlet out to like Norco Hills or something. You know what I mean? Like I don't care. <laughs> I'll jump it. I jumped it a little bit at. Uh, at what's it called at Barona off some rocks and uh, I'm sure that probably contributed to the foot peg breaking later <laughs> in the night but uh, yeah speaking of building bikes that you find in a box uh, we're still kind of working on our build uh, series here and we've already covered we went over the introduction where we talked about some advice from a from a pro builder and last week we talked about what you're going to need and we covered you know air compressors a table all the stuff that I'm gonna secretly get Wiggins that he doesn't know about, but uh, I'm, I'm this week stoked on both of those. I yeah. need both of those and tools. We talked about cheap tools, and you know a few knickknacks here and there. But this week I kind of want to talk about the actual bikes because I just finished reading that book, The Build, and I do have to say there was nothing about technique in it. I, I was interested because I was like, oh, it's gonna show technique. It really wasn't. It was it was a, a handful of pro builders like John Ryland and the, the guys from um, Classified Moto and a couple of other. You would know the names if I said them, um, but I'm not going to go ahead. You go ahead and buy that book. It's called The Build. It's it is a little bit more than a coffee table book, but I, in honesty, I wouldn't say much more. It's, it didn't have anything of like how to do it. it. What it did have was look at the lines of the bike though, and it's kind mm-hmm. of the same thing that you were talking about. If a bike's already 50% done, it's great for a first bike because it kind of looks like a cafe. You just change the bars and the tail or something. Yeah, and you got to be careful, uh, as we talked about like early in the episode with the bike that was on TV. Like I think you got to be careful with some of the 80s Japanese bikes that are cheap. They're easy to work on. They're pretty reliable. Um, but a lot of the gas tanks were slanted oh, totally. real weird. So if you try to do like a cafe racer ish, even a hipster um, loaf of bread seat, the, it just doesn't line up very well with that tank. And there's not a lot you can do. Like you yeah. can't slant back up. Looks weird. You're not going to let it slant down and follow the same line. That's yeah. weird. So um, like Norton's had a feather bed frame, which is a the there was a there was a slant up to the head tube, but then underneath that was a flat line. Yeah, and that's why those type of bikes look so cool, and like a lot of street trackers and stuff like but that even like look that way. CB seven fifties, my old CB four hundred, like those tanks are pretty parallel to the ground. Yeah, so whatever you do with the tail kind of looks good, but 
at the same time, like if it's your first build and you can pick up a bike cheap, maybe that is something you don't particularly worry about that much. Yeah. You just go, you know what? I'm going to put it together and look at it and ride it. And honestly, that's more than 90% of people do. That's more than 90% of quote motorcycle builders have actually ever done. Yeah. And if it's like, if you've done a couple bikes and you're going to go all out where some people have taken, I know that the motorcycles and misfits were talking to somebody. I don't think it was at dirt quick. I think it was at the dirt bag challenge. The chick showed up on this crazy chopper and it happened to be a 250 ninja. And so she just like totally went crazy with that. And you couldn't even recognize it as a ninja. And they were like, what is this thing? Yeah. And it was her first time and she got lucky and did everything right and turned it so crazy that you wouldn't have been able to guess. But for a lot of the stuff, if you're looking for that certain look, like if you're trying to take a bike and turn it to a cafe, it's got to look the part. And that's one thing that the build talks about. The build talked about the bone of the bike, um, the body lines that some bikes have, like with body lines on the tank mounting up. And they mentioned that some bikes are a little raked. Some people will space the uh, the tank up in the rear, but then yeah. the seat doesn't. You got to make a custom pan to make it look right yeah. because then it looks funny. And I hate, honestly, myself, I hate bikes where I see the frame goes down and they made the straight seat pan <laughs> and there's like this weird triangle of empty space yeah. underneath that where they jack the tank up and they jack the front of the seat up to make it level, but the frame isn't there. That. And so, and something I did in the past that I told Terman about too was, um, if you my last name, <laughs> if you want to uh, make a like say a cafe racer tail, but you don't want to do a lot of modification to the frame, um, you can take a stock seat pan. I would probably shorten it a little bit depending on on what the bike is. Uh, bike XF a couple years ago had like the lines of a cafe racer, and they kind of explain like where you want the tail to end some stuff I thought was kind of like stringent. And to me, if you look at actual old cafe racers and more importantly, I think than cafe racers, old GP bikes, they had weird proportions. They had super long tanks and the rider sat way over the rear tire. If you look at like sixties, uh, bikes from the Isle of Man, the tank was, it had to be huge because it had to carry a lot of gas to get around 30 something miles, two or three times. And the tail section was almost over the rear axle. Like yeah, that's how far back so there. So weird. the rear sets were really rear. <laughs> so you kind of have to be careful like where your butt was on the bike stock, I think. But if you take a stock seat pan um, that's usually steel, you can take like that expandable bathroom foam. Right. And be careful. That stuff expands a lot. You can kind of like shape a little bit with cardboard, fill it in a little, and then you can sand it. You can get one of like the coarse wood rasp files or something like it's not even like a file. It's more like a cheese grater yeah. and then some like coarse sandpaper and you can sand it to the shape you want. And then fiberglass, by the way, is really, really easy yeah. in my opinion. Like So easy I could do it. <laughs> yeah, so easy I've done it. It's like um, it's like cloth with glue. Yeah. And you get it close and then you sand it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's – and again, like if it's your first bike and you're building it yourself, it doesn't need to be perfect. Yeah, because I could be an asshole and I could name some people that you think are motorcycle builders that haven't even built their own bike or one for anyone else. <laughs> They're more designers. I just read a post from right. someone about that like a couple of weeks ago. Like, so if you're building it yourself, like you know, watch some YouTube videos, like pay attention, and you might be surprised. And you might have like this ugly thing and just tell people it's an art bike. Right. Yeah. That's the other thing. Is that like sometimes you might not want 
Anything that's anything. You might, because if you're going for a cafe racer and you don't get it right, you might be pissed. But then other times you might be like, well, I just want yeah. X. Like, I just want this cool bike. I don't really care how it looks. And and the more I started going to Hell on Wheels events, actually, the cooler I thought some of those bikes looked. And they were just like, they had like a Gatorade bottle for like the yeah. catch bottle or like an old 7-Up glass bottle for like an overflow bottle. I've seen bicycles and motorcycles both that were built to be ugly so that like a lot of cases where like kids that rode them to school at college campuses but they built them to be ugly so people didn't steal them yeah so sometimes there's a purpose like i i know i know nobody's gonna steal spamela i don't know she's looking pretty good (laughs) for her age just like uh, just like spamela anderson the real spamela anderson uh, but you know what? I did have a friend that lived in San Francisco and he would get new bike. He was a bike courier and he would get like rad bikes. And he said, the first thing he would do is destroy it, put stickers all over. And yeah. I was like, why would you get a brand new bike? And then like sand it, like destroy. He's like, because people would steal it if it looked yep. too nice. So there's always that, which by the way, there has been a rash, like this crazy rash of, uh, stolen bikes in LA again. Last summer it was happening to triumphs and, and like Dinas or something like that. And I noticed again a couple more dinas popping up on the SoCal like stolen bikes things. So people are stealing like Damn, mine's particular... worth more stolen than it is to sell it. Yeah, but I yours doesn't have like mine. yours doesn't have like a naked lady painted on the tank or you I got a I mean? fairing for it. Maybe that's it. That's what it is. You need to put that <laughs> club style fairing. But so maybe you want something that people aren't gonna steal. And that book, The Build, I really dug the part that they talked about that because they they mostly went over the styles where if you're going to try and build a style and they talked about how the frame might come forward and the, uh, you know, if it's a V twin, like the, the V of the twin might match up with the rear part of the frame. And then the front V might match up with the front part of the head tube. And then the rake of the front forks might match up with the, you know, like they were talking about the lines that might match that are either all parallel going one way if it's like an inline four and like the frame and stuff goes straight down. And just the, it's got a lot of design tips in it, yeah. which is really cool if you're trying to hit that certain thing. But there wasn't any tips of how to weld, how to set up a garage. Uh, I mean, I, I have to, I admit I read it pretty quickly and I only know about four words in English. So I might have not caught that part. But uh, for the most part, what I read was how to get started, what to look for, a little bit of what we talked about, but more or less like using your eye to see what you want to make. So you could get a bike and not necessarily have a bunch of experience and still make something cool with it. So it is definitely worth a, a, a buy and a read. And it's not like it didn't have any helpful tips, but it doesn't have technique, how to how to wrench, how to tear a bike apart, how to weld like none of that stuff it talked about the guys what they do where they learn to do their stuff and and how they use it to do their bikes but it didn't it's not a technique bike but or a book but it is definitely a book it doesn't have how to build a workbench in the front so i it's not legit to me (laughs) but but it did have like what to look for and how to plan out a bike i guess so it's a good place to start but uh you know chris has a lot of good good ideas of where to start too which is like you know, for your first bike, I would definitely go with if it's eighty percent there or ninety percent there, and you don't have to do too much. And it's a common like CBs, totally cafe. That's why yeah. Bike XF was like CBs for the first eight years of the stinking yeah. website. The thing is, is that that can drive up prices for those type of bikes. So SR two fifties ain't nobody want those. You know what I mean? Especially stock ones with the 
they're just as hideous as looking as a fury. <laughs> and uh, stock certain other stock bikes that people turn into bobbers a lot of time, like the KZ five fifty, which I also mm-hmm. have. A lot of people turn those into like Harley wannabes. Yeah, they look terrible. And uh, a lot of Honda uh, shadows people do that with. They look terrible. I've seen a lot of. Uh, I think it's a Yamaha. What's the shaft drive V twin? Oh, the um, yeah. God, I was thinking of it. It's like a six fifty V twin Yamaha. Yeah, they had a seven fifty and an eleven hundred Virago. Maybe, and they're all stripped down. They look good. Yeah. Huh. Even yeah. like the CX five hundred. Like yeah. But I like that. I have a soft spot for Guzzies, so the CX five hundred is kind of. Kind yeah. Of a gizzy. So yeah, and and that's another thing. Like if you have a soft spot for a bike, uh, try it out. And and of course, if you're also doing custom like racers, I hate when people take like Roland did a pretty good Ducati flat tracker with a Ducati like sport bike. You know, oh what the mean? old uh, Desmo the, the Desmo, yeah. I made parts on that bike. Did you? I did. God dang it, Wiggins. Everywhere we go, everywhere I take this guy, for Pete's sake. We went to IMS and you knew everyone there. We went to the stinking ride. I only knew one person there. Flan- yeah. How many did I know? I knew you. But it was <laughs> it I was Flanders. Me. I did know Flanders, yeah. so that was cool. And uh, hey, uh, I think you dropped a name down there. <laughs> I'll get that for you. It's funny. I wonder like how many people really know that name. Like I didn't know it until I was into Speedway. Really? Uh, that's the, one of the first... I never have met him, but it's one of the first places I looked up when I moved up to LA. I was like, "Oh my god, it's on!" It used to be over in Pasadena, and now it's actually kind of closer to us. It's over here in uh, like Dorte or something. Hmm. But um, but yeah, he was one of the first guys I never would have known. But I used to love looking at their catalog and just yeah. seeing all the stuff they have. Like, I know they make some like cool flat track bars, but they're steel, so they bend pretty easy, and they're super expensive. Yeah, they're, that's the thing. I was looking at their when I and his brother actually his brother announced the City of Industry Racing. Uh, Speedway. Oh, really? And oh, cool. the Long Beach Grand Prix for oh, like shit. the last 30 years. Wow. I wonder if they make steering wheels for the cars. But when I didn't know, uh, I, I had heard this before and he told me this weekend too. They have a couple Flanders motorcycles around maybe after, like I think in like the 30s, 20s or 30s. Yeah. He said, and they have uh, a couple cars. Yeah. So they actually like their family anyway. Because even he would be too young for that. Yeah. But their family. Oh, I remember when they were around. <laughs> their family was like building bikes, like in that whole bicycle, yeah. motorcycle era Back. of Excelsior and early, early Harley. And when Indian was actually still in business. Yeah. <laughs> Zing. Ouch. Um, and actually, there was a bunch of companies then. Yeah. But- I was going to say, we're going to have to do this over the summer when we do our road trip. Maybe we'll do, we'll travel to the cities that used to make motorcycles. But there, at one time, Chicago, there was like a hundred. Yeah. We'll go to those two cities <laughs> in Milwaukee. And there was like a hundred motorcycle manufacturers for yeah. a brief period. It was very brief because, like, between the Great Depression and like when they first came out. But if you can imagine, you just go to Solvang and you'll see Douglas, Thor, Excelsior, Crocker, uh, yeah. Flanders. They probably have a Flander. If they, if it existed, it's up there. And and Swan and a few that I've mentioned before and I can't remember the name of them now because they were so – like the Californian was one I think and there was like one called American even. A hmm. hundred motorcycle companies, you know what I mean? It's 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 crazy to think of even that many globally now, you know yeah. what I mean? And and just to think that there were that many in America at the time. But yeah, so it it's cool. And it was cool to meet Flanders and 
I, I did get a little bit of shock when I very first looked at their website and saw like handlebars for like more than my bike costs probably. <laughs> and, uh, but the fact is that they have, if you want to make a custom bike, speaking of doing a build, everything you need for a cable, they got the solder type tips. They got like screw tip. Like if you yeah. need a cable and you're not confident in your skills to make them, they have everything to walk you through barrel. I mean, you can make like 20 of them with these kits that they sell. They, they make it so you can do like a different, a different length. It's crazy. Dude. I bet the shop is like just old, uh, old cardboard oh boxes with the most yeah. random stuff. I bet you it's also like old Apple boxes that used to have like the wooden like slats in them with like, here's the, the parts bin for the, the barrel ends and here's the solder ends. Yeah. Oh, the 70s. <laughs> oh, this is the other, the weird motorcycle show we watched before too. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I just, I love that. And I love seeing, so we got, we're so lucky we got Flanders and Buchanan's here, like yeah. right in our neck of the woods. And, and those are like two of the raddest, uh, motorcycle companies, customizing companies that to me exist for, for this sort of stuff. If you want to build, you want to do your build up right. Yeah. You got to check those. Yeah. If out. you're leasing some wheels and need some spokes. Buchanan, man, they can get you the right link. They, I mean, if you're local to Southern California, they'll lace them all up pretty quick and easy too. I want to say if you have anything for Wiggins to ask him, whether it's customizing, whether it's a light bulb, whether what do you think, is it okay to drink milk 10 days after the expiration date? I think it should be almost like a uh, Reddit, like roast me too. Yeah. So just be careful. <laughs> be careful what you send and we'll see what kind of mood I'm in in the time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Don't catch him on an off minute. But and please be, be careful sending a picture of your motorcycle. We might roast it. Yeah. I might love it. I might love it and still roast it, by the way. I know. I mentioned that. I mentioned a few months ago I wanted to start Twitter wars where people just like tweet random stupid stuff and then we fight about it on Twitter in a friendly fashion, of course, but uh, nobody's taking us up on that. Um, so here's your chance to reach out. Email the show, creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. If we get enough stuff, I'll make a much shorter email address like uh, Ask Wiggins at Creative Writing or something <laughs> like that and, and we'll get this baby off the ground. But yeah, if you have any questions and you want uh, an honest dude's opinion and you don't care um, if it, if he hurts your feelings or if he makes you proud uh, yeah email the show creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com just put like ask Wiggins in the subject line and we'll we'll see where this takes off I also wanted to mention I almost forgot Zazzle we have mugs for sale I totally almost forgot about that I've seen a few out in the wild they're looking pretty nice uh, and I drink out of mine all the time I heated it up in the microwave. Oh, I heated up this bowl of like uh, uh, salsa or something. I don't even remember. It was beans or something the other day. And I'm holding it in my hand. Like all I could feel was my fingertips fusing to the bowl because it was like one of those where it's like not microwave safe. The uh, the um, creative writing mug, I put that thing in the microwave for like three minutes. And I'm grabbing it to drink my boiling hot coffee and didn't feel a thing. The, the, it's super microwave safe, good uh, finish on it. There's a picture of me on the back uh, with the lights out, so you always got that. Then the, then the creative writing logo on the other side. Hey, everybody, it's Junkie here jumping in real quick. I want to say if you can go to creative-writing.com, look for like one of the first posts. I made it a sticky note on there uh, at the top of the page. If you can go there and check out our mugs from there, click on that site. I think we get an additional little bonus for having a reference 
uh, sale or something like that. We get like referral points or something like that. But go check out our mugs. It contributes to the show and helps keep us going. All right, let's get back to the, the banter. Jeffrey Carver's been out riding the Indians. Yeah, I know. I saw. I'm kind of stoked. Everyone should be stoked. If Jeffrey Carver is not your favorite flag track rider, you probably listen to the wrong podcast. Yeah. You probably listen to that other podcast. Even if you like, like, you could be Nicole Meese and you're like, oh, Jeffrey Carver is actually riding pretty damn good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, like. Shane and Texter is breaking up with Briar Bauman <laughs> right now to go date Jeffrey Carver. Um, honestly, like, dude, even Jared Meese on the podiums, like, Carver rode a really good race. Yeah. 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 I mean, like quite a few races in a row he said that so it's funny because he used to say that about like smith and he used to say that about like cool beth and stuff and now he's like saying about carver i i mean i think if you're a good racer you got to admit who's out there tearing it up like you got competition you got to know their competition and if you think you're the best there ever was someone's gonna prove you wrong one of these days they are it happened to valentino rossi and i wish jd beach would just full-time it. And I wish, like Hayden Gillum, you know, like do a full-time both. Hayden Gillum pulled off a pretty rad uh, year, you know what I mean? He actually did have a good year. And he's still doing the man in the van with a plan for road racing, so. Yeah. It's hard, I think, like, you know, those guys, one, you don't know where their passion is, whether they really want a road race and they they flat track because they can and they're good at it. Like, And it's a good cross-training. And it's like, oh, look, I have a weekend off. Why not, you know, why not go and do that? And Right. And J.D. Beach used to go with Hayden and flat track at his house. And then the Hayden brothers all did it. And then Hayden Gillum is their cousin or whatever. So they used to be over there. So it is. I'm not going to lie, dude. How Kentucky is that to take your cousin's last name as your first? I mean, it's your parents, not you. But your cousin's last name is your first name. Yeah. That's some Kentucky shit right there. Yeah. But it's it's also old school family tradition, I think. You think Am- so? Amongst Irish families, for sure, I think it is. My family just took like weird names and like <laughs> like almost almost Native American. The first thing you see, my uh, family was like, "What's the most boring boy's name in 1983?" Now we don't want our son to get made fun of. Yeah. Oh look, Chris works. Okay. <laughs> That's never going to be different. Dang, 1983. I remember 1883. God, what a fucking year that was. The plague was thick as mosquitoes <laughs> in the swamps of Kansas. Kansas had swamps back then. <laughs> and uh, I want to get in. We, we need to get Wiggins out of here, but I want to get into some Instagrams before we go. Do you have any Instagram shout-outs this week? Uh, I should let you go first. I don't know if I have any yet. All right. I didn't well, really even look. I found this really awesome one, and it's pretty funny it's like right up my uh alley as far as humor goes and it's called fuck your bike sucks oh <laughs> is it fuck yeah sorry fuck i've seen that one. Oh, it's so good oh, fuck your bike sucks and they got the best motorcycles on there. i'm looking at some pretty terrible things that people have done with two wheels and their comments on there just like blow me away this is so funny uh and you'll see some of the worst bikes you've ever seen and some of the best commentary on it. So fuck your bike sucks. And uh, I'm going to give them a big thumbs up. And I, I've commented on a couple other things, but I'm going to tell them, dude, I love I love your website. It's almost like reading something that I would have thought of, but I just didn't have time to think up. There was another one that it might be gone. 
that was uh, as soon as I put an F, fucking fuck your bike sucks comes up. Yeah. There's another one that I think maybe disappeared. It was called Moto Castration. <laughs> and the logo was the Deus logo, but it was douche. <laughs> And that's why, like, the brown leather seat, that's why I called it a loaf of bread seat. They had, like, a comparison, like, who wore it better? And it was, like, the brown leather seat and a baker pulling out a fresh, like, big loaf of bread. Because like, they all have, like, the, oh, yeah, uh, dude. the studded topper. God, like, I, I have top. seen Fuck Your Bike Sucks, and yeah. it's great. Dude, it's like the Larry Enticer of, like, bad, bad internet bikes. Oh, I've man. also seen, like, some... That dude ruined a perfectly good Buell. Why what? did he... He, like, bolted on a Springer front end... But it's still got the regular stock front end. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's dude. such a good bike and he fuck your bike sucks. <laughs> dude. Yeah, you know what? There's there's some things on here that I didn't think were bikely possible. <laughs> and yet they exist. And they exist for a reason. Like, yeah, I'm already following them. Yeah. It's such a good good site. What's this grasshopper ADV bike? That's the grass chopper, bike. That I kinda want. But it oh it does say grass chopper. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like an ADV bike. There's a bike on there called Chewbacca's Penis. Uh, Little known ancient historical fact. <laughs> Chewbacca's Penis looks like a bike that's a llama. It looks and like it, if Bagel and Chewbacca <laughs> built a bike. Right. Because it's, it's kind of a scooter. <laughs> but yeah, so check out Fuck Your Bike Sucks and you'll be saying that a bunch. Fuck Your Bike Sucks. Yeah, you will. What about... Check out Earl Motors. Is it Earl or Early? Is it how do you spell it? E R E or E A R L E. So I'd I think say Earl. Just Earl. But if that was your first name, you'd probably go by Early. Like the I guy would. is that the guy in California? Early? No, Early is uh Squidbillies, isn't it? I hope so. Early. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's early. I love Squidbillies and I can't remember yeah, early. Yeah, I think you're right. So he does like uh, some, he's like a designer, but what he's most known for is like a flat track body kit that bolts directly on to my generation Ducati Monster. Like, I don't know when those started, 0203 up to 08. And it's like, you cut off part of the frame that you should cut off anyway, like two inches off the subframe at the back. And then like, you get rid of the air box um, and put pod filters and then, like, this tank and tail section, like, bolts on. And, you know, the seat's gone. And it, it's like a bolt-on kit. And and, it, and you could get on the front page of Bike X if, if he already hadn't done it. Yeah. He's already been on there, so he's... Well, I mean, if it's his kit, even if you got on there, it would still be him being on there. <laughs> That's true. And the cover of Sideburn. I mean, it's just a sleek-looking flat-track thing. It looks super cool, so... And it's all one piece, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I love that part of it, too. So... It's monocoque, baby. It's that was my nickname. It probably will never make "fuck your bike sucks" though. So yeah, it will never make "fuck your bike sucks" because it's like "fuck your bike" actually looks pretty good. Yeah, people will be like "fuck your bike." Yeah, mine sucks. Yeah, there'll be an extra word in there. Uh, so hey, coming up this month, it's already January, dudes. Are you? Oh, wow. Are you ready for this? It's already 2018. I'm not because that means you know it's in less than two weeks. I remember 1918. That was such a year. The war had just ended. The first one, <laughs> we were prepping for the second one. Uh, this weekend, January 6th, is that this weekend? We got the Dakar Rally starting, and it's going to run through Peru, Bolivia, and Argentina. N- uh, not Dakar. <laughs> Sadly, it moved out of Dakar years ago. Uh, but it's going to be, it's a 14-dayer now. It was a 20-dayer uh, back when I start, used to start watching it. Uh, and 
also January 6th, I think Biltwell is having a parking lot sale. Um, it's going to be like 80 degrees. Come on out, enjoy a beer, and take off your shirt, get some sun. I know, I just love saying that for the people on the East Coast <laughs> and in Luxembourg right now. Uh, the January 13th are going to be full of things to do motorcycle-related. Yeah. Uh, Veggie Plate Classic out at Paris. The sold out. Well, sold not for the fans. out. But the, I, the riders sold yeah. out. I mentioned it last week on the show that it's out in the middle of like this dirty plateau and there's a mountain top behind it. So there's no way you could not, it would be sold out for the fans. Like you just yeah, climb no. the mountain and see it. <laughs> I, I don't think that track's ever been sold out for fans. Yeah, that's true. There's so, so much spectation space that yeah. uh, I don't think it could sell out. But that's awesome. Looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward to you being there, uh, racing and and hosting because I want to hear all about it. Oh, because I will be it's sneaking up fast. It is. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I don't think there's much to do to get ready. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not making a bunch of stuff like last time and trying to get prizes all in order. Yeah, it's kind of like your wedding. You just show up and you're like, "Hey, man, I'm here." And yeah, this is yeah, this is my thing. Yeah, my jam. We've pretty well got like the the format figured out. Stuff like that. So I just have to figure out what line to put people on. Yeah. So my wedding day, all I had to do was show up. That's all I had to do. And I showed up at the wrong wedding. I made the beer. Yeah. Yeah, but you got a nice bride out of it. I did. I met that other lady super mad though. Yeah, she was kind of raunchy anyway. I'm kind (laughs) of glad I I messed up. Uh, Also on the 13th at Lucky Wheel Garage, the Women's Moto Show is returning. Moto Lady's going to be there. Amanda Zito from Blind Thistle is going to be dropping off some artwork and then promptly riding south for like a 14-day moto adventure in Baja, California. I'm hoping we get some time to talk to her on the show. If not, I'm going to make it a point to call her. So next week, you and I might be sitting here with somebody in Montana on the line. Sounds good. Uh, February. I don't know anything else happening in January. I haven't looked it up yet because honestly, two weeks is still like too far in the future for me at this point. Uh, February 3rd. Nothing happening as far as I know. <laughs> There's I like that day, that's all. Hand shifters in Paris. That's February is that the third? Yeah. Is that so. why I wrote the third down here? I think so. <laughs> stupid. What a stupid. I gotta double February, check with all the hand shifters and make February sure. February right. third is Veggie Plate Two, the hand shifter boogaloo. That's why I wrote it down here. What an idiot. Uh, I like the hand shifter boogaloo. Yeah. It comes from the eighties where everything part two was Boogaloo afterwards. Um, also, February 9th through 11th, the one show in Portland, Oregon. Liza, you called me today. You told me to go. Dude, come on. You can ride up in my truck with You're me. You're busting my balls it's about It's getting going. tight, though. Yeah. Your your truck is? Yeah. Wow. Could, a- I think four, I three or four people are riding up, oh. including me. <laughs> Rad. So yeah, I guess uh, it's a shit or get off the pot situation for me if I want to. I hope some other people can tow a trailer because I don't want to drive the whole time. Yeah, true that. Uh, Does that count as a road trip? Can we check that off? Check. You can, and since you're part of the show now, I guess we could. (laughs) I'm gonna have to ask Wingman's if that counts. Uh, a lot of people want us to head to the East Coast, man, and we're. I'm not. I'm not doing it until it's 60 degrees back there. I'll tell you, like. If I could, I would, man. I'd love to hop on my dyna and go to the East Coast again. If you guys quit posting up the temps being like negative eight, maybe you could trick me into coming out there. Yeah, we're not going until like August. You're straight showing. Yeah, and then it'll be like 100 degrees with like 99% humidity. 
so yeah, we don't want that either. The uh, February 24th, the art ride is happening. February is still too cold to go to the East Coast, but not too cold to go down to Legacy Brewing. February 24th, I'm assuming it's going to be 90 already here in SoCal. <laughs> so bring your bikinis, head on down to Legacy Brewing. Rick James and the crew, a lot of the guys that were at Twisted Throttles, plus even more are going to be having art there. He told you before he's going to have an awesome band. There's going to be all sorts of cool stuff to do there, and it's super family friendly. So don't worry about it being like a biker event. Uh, it's it's going to be really awesome, and that's uh, Saturday the twenty fourth. Check him out on Instagram Art Ride CA. You'll see a bunch of posters that he's uh, putting up and a bunch of info there. So check that out. You, they're still a couple months away, so uh, just stay posted to that and get your buns out here from that eight degree because in February it's going to be even colder. In the Midwest. Also on February 23rd and 24th and 25th. February 23rd is flat out Friday. If you're anywhere close to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, that will be, uh, should be pretty crazy. It usually is. Um, little tiny track with big hooligan bikes. 24th and 25th is the Mama Tried Motorcycle Show. Get your tickets. It's usually a line out the door. Um, and 25th, I don't know what else is going on. I might, someone might let me borrow it or ride a bike, but, uh, I think we're racing on some ice. I think the ice is thick enough so we can kind of race down to Milwaukee. I don't think I'm taking two bikes and taking ice tires for I, the bike. I don't have ice tires for the bike that I'm taking. So yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go to that one and bust Liza's balls. For, <laughs> for not going. Like, come on, Liza, I'm going to go to, what's wrong with you? Um, I did want to say thank you also, for our stats are going up a lot. People are finding the show and loving it. And we've got a lot of people coming to us from these wonderful countries, Australia, Canada, UK, Denmark, Sweden, France, Netherlands, New Zealand, and India. And there's a few places I wanted to shout out before we get out of here and uh, city-wise. Um, San Francisco. Dude, who's up there listening to us in San Francisco? We love you guys. Thanks for all the, the listens. San Jose, Seaverville, Olympia, uh, Monrovia, Minneapolis. So all you dudes up in, in Minneapolis, right there on the border of the Erie Canal and and, yeah. uh, and Come out to X Games this year. Ohio. Yeah. Is that where we said Minneapolis I it, was? I think Ohio. Right. Burlington. That's Wisconsin. Not the Burlington Coat Factory, by the way. I asked when uh, Chloe was on the show. Uh, Copenhagen, Portland, Georgetown, Canada. I don't know where that is, but that sounds awesome. Uh, Duval, Austin, Salt Lake City, Karlskrona, Sweden. Well, Cap- I wonder if the Portland listeners are going to go to the one show and more importantly, the one race. Right. And Castle Rock. And I know. Oh, there's actually, there's not even people in Castle Rock. It's got like 20 people that live in that city. I know, and I don't know if it's Castle Rock, Maine or Castle Rock, Rock Washington. Okay, that so, might be. Castle Rock, Washington is a super rad town with like literally two stop signs. Yeah. And if you're in Amsterdam, or uh, which is Netherlands, or Ascot Vale, Australia, or Auckland, New Zealand, what's going on? Uh, Laval, Canada, and last but not least, Terre Haute, Indiana, where all the giraffes love to live. It's in a book. Read about it. Did that really pop up to Terre Haute, Indiana, listening to our show? I wonder who. And it's a real book that I did find about giraffes living in Terre Haute. No way. Yeah. So there's a lot of... That's kind of... I wonder who's listening to the show in Terre Haute. Unless... I don't know. Because I know my... It's got to be more than one person, though, too, right? Could be. Or just one bored person listening to a bunch of shows. <laughs> huh. 
That's my hometown, so it's... Oh, wonder. no kidding. It's the Wiggins Fan Club. Oh, I thought you knew that. I thought that's why you like saved it for last. Nope. Really? Terre Haute, Indiana popped up and you like... Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder. Someone give me a shout out and tell me who you are. Yeah. If it's a... If there is an unofficial Wiggins fan club that we don't know about, please it would, it let would us be know. in Terre Haute, Indiana. It would be in Terre Haute yeah. with the Giraffe Museum. It would probably there. be my mom. <laughs> did you tell your mom about the show? I probably did, but she's probably one of those like, "What's a podcast?" What's a podcast? Is it like the radio on TV? Uh, yeah. Uh, if it's your mom, man, Hi Wiggins' mom. I know. Like one of my buddies from back home listens, but he lives in Tennessee now. Yeah, maybe it's Terre Haute, Tennessee. I don't think there is one. There's really only one Terre Haute. Where's Yuba City? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, Terre Haute. I'm going to tell you how many people are listening there. Maybe we'll do that off air. It's crazy. Hmm. Is that your sign off? <laughs> you got me, dude. <laughs> That's my sign off. All right, everybody. Have a good week. We'll talk to you guys later. I'm going to let... My kids see. Oh no, I won't. I probably won't do that. I'll edit this out. (laughs) (laughs) You probably shouldn't let your kids see it. Also has a split. God dang. (laughs) Edit. I get like rectangle that's solid and then one that's not solid here just like rectangles god i hate people it's just fun to roll through i don't know where but i've met that guy with a big group of probably at uh maybe sturgis he's a yeah he's uh i think that's a pappy hoyle indian dealership Maybe. But uh, yeah, I used to love cruising down Colorado because they would ride down Colorado to get to the 210 to jump up. And now they kind of bypass all that. But those old cars that were cruising down, I wonder if they were going down there. They were so much rad stuff cruising down. Uh, You could feed your toddler a 300-degree liquid out of it and it wouldn't burn their hands while they're holding it. Um, Just the liquid would incinerate their insides. (laughs) But...